What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Friday, Friday, yes, welcome in everybody, we made it, we made it to the end of the week, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis hanging with you uh, on this February 17th, gentlemen, how we doing? It's flying, it's flying, man, can you, you see it's going to be 71 degrees in the middle of next week? I did not see that. 71 and then drive down to the dang 30s, but it ain't snowing. That's all I care about. That's, That's all it. I care about too. It's not snowing, bro. I could deal. I can even deal with this rain. This rain just making me sleepy. But mm. that's about it. But other than that, man, I could deal. I could deal with that. That's snow, man. That means I got to work. That means I get out. I got to shovel man. all the cars out. All that by stuff, yourself. Man. So I'm, I'm good with it. By yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, no, my, I make I make these dudes. I make these dudes get out the house with me. Hey, everybody, up and at them. Let's go. Well, my son don't. My son don't live with me. He lives in Philly. So I know that's tough. Yeah. You have you got a snowblower though, right? Yeah, but it's never enough to use the snowblower. It's never yeah. enough. That's true. Well, you know, I'm glad because yesterday my cousin, uh, one of my cousins in Milwaukee, texted me. All the schools in Milwaukee were shut down. They got close to ten inches yesterday. I said, you know, keep that stuff in the Midwest. You can have it. You know? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm suffering. I told him I, yesterday. I won't tell you what he re- responded because it's not for airways. But I said, yeah, I'm suffering too. It's only sixty three here. <laughs> and he said, bleep, 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 ha ha ha. So, yeah, man, right, it right, has right. been a mild winter uh, for sure. Well, yeah, I'm no not complaining. I'll take this. These these winners right here. I, I, when I first got here, when I first got here, my first year here, the first like real winner I got, like I could I got drafted ninety five. The first winner I got was the uh, Detroit game, and after we played Detroit, that very next uh, like a day and a half later, we had to fly to um, Florida because we got like three and a half four foot here of snow. That snowstorms. We had to go down there. We're in the playoffs. We had to go down there, practice in Florida for a week. wasn't too bad, if, if except when we were practicing at a high school. Yeah, and they had all kind of divots and all that stuff in it. You know what I mean? Guys were hurting their ankles and stuff. But um, and we had to, we were stuck in. We went to go play Dow. We lost the Dow. We were stuck there an extra two days because we couldn't fly back in because the snow was so still so bad. Jeez. Yeah, bro, it was crazy. You know, uh, we, we started Comcast Sportsnet at the best time because I arrived here in September of 1997. And shortly after I got here, people were still talking about this snow bomb that hit the area in 96. Rob, I'm yeah. sure you remember that. Oh, like 30 it, it, that's the same one I'm talking about. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, uh, I missed that one. You know what? I've been here since 97, and I can honestly say that's, that's, that's uh, 26 years. And I don't think in, we've had snow, but I think in terms of major snow compared to what I, I think there's only been maybe 10 or 12 times 
in a span of 20 something years, we've had a major snow. Mm-hmm. Right, right, you know? right, right. Yeah, we uh, have. It, it is much lighter. It's much lighter than even when I was a kid here. It really is. It, it's, it's, you know, whatever. We could debate the whole climate change thing, but we don't, we wow. definitely don't get the kind of snow and storms we used to get. That's for sure. Yep. Wow. Um, but, but uh, a lot to get to. Good show today, guys. 1230, we have Ray Didinger. Uh, 1.30, we have Ben Davis from NBC Sports Philadelphia because pitchers and catchers are down there. Speaking of weather, just seeing the shots of those guys down there, the video of them, the stills of them with the palm trees. and Oh, <laughs> oh so tempting, man. It looks so good. Are you uh, going to go down for a few days, Rob? I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe you know, we'll see. Probably not. But I would love to. It's one of my favorite places. Clearwater is one of my favorite yeah. places. Used to go. Uh, try to make it like every couple year deal. But uh, we'll see what happens. Let's make but, it happen, Jacob Media. We need to be down there. <laughs> you can do our shows from there. That would work. That would work for me. Me too. I mean, I, I'd even pay for my. I'll pay for my flight just as long as they got the room. Yeah. Or they get the room, and I pay for my flight. One or the other. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Or Derek gets oh. all our rooms and flights. That's it, Derek. Thank you. I don't Thanks, know, man. I don't know, guys. I don't know if I can handle palm trees and sun and warm breezes. <laughs> I don't know if you guys fishing. go. You guys go fishing down there, yeah. man. Get some real, real catch there. Dude. My inner being is. I don't know if it's conducive to that style of living for a few days. I really don't. I, yeah, I have to the, think about that one. Northeast keeps you on your on your toes, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that that'll be that. We'll talk to Ben. We'll get the latest on what's going on with the Phillies there, and and Ray, of course, Ray's going to put a bow on the season, the game. You know the whole thing, so we'll talk to uh, to Diddy about that. Uh, but we were on the air yesterday when uh, Nick Sirianni and Howie Rosen met with the media, and there were some interesting points. And we discussed some of it yesterday, but just to sort of have the ability to go back and reflect on some of it and and, and dive in. So, a um, couple things. One, I think it's pretty obvious this looks like Brian Johnson's job. Um, so, but just to you know go back on this. And, and, and by the way, Nick said that absolutely the offensive coordinator will call plays. It will not be him. So he, the Eagles are 21 and five since Nick turned over the play calling duty. Hard to argue wow. that kind of success. Right. right 21 right, and right. five. That's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Johnson's 36 years old. He's been with the Eagles the last two years under Sirianni and, and Steichen. He's been the quarterback's coach. Um, prior to that, he spent a year in Florida where he was the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Dan Mullen did call plays too, but he certainly had a lot of influence on the offense and, and what that thing looked like. Barrett, I know you covered some of his games, you know, yeah, when your, he was at ESPN uh, work that you do. Yeah. Uh, we actually, I did the, um, the ACC championship game. It was Virginia, Florida. And I had a chance to sit down and talk to, you know, sit down, talk to him, interview him, you know, the guys he had on this team. And, you know, at the time they had some great players. They had um, actually, as you know, it's funny how things go, but they actually had, um, what's his name, the the uh, receiver that, that killed us. Kadarius uh, Tony. Kadarius Tony. They had Kadarius Tony. They had Pitt, Pitts, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, yeah, the tight end. The tight end. So he had a pretty good offense. Yeah. That he was working with. And Trask know, had a great year that year. The, Trask. Yeah. Uh, Emory Jones was there. I forget the Johnson. I forget his first name. He was there. And then, but they were they were a great offense because it was funny how they did it. You know, and that's why I know that that um Johnson is really ta- um Brian is really talented because he was able to orchestrate an offense where Kyle Trask was just a drop back quarterback. He was slow as pond water. He couldn't run. You know, he couldn't all ass if you told him to take two trips. You know what I'm saying? He just he's just slow. So, yeah. but he had you know, 
guys like Johnson and Jones, they, they, he would implement them in the red zone from the 20 on in. And they ran that offense, you know, very, very well. I mean, very well, you know. So, uh, you know, I knew he had the skill set to call plays because he was calling plays then. But I didn't know how good the relationship he and, you know, both Hurts had at that time. Because I made, we had no use in talking about why would I talk about Hurts? I was talking about that team. So I didn't know anything about Hurts. And when I found out that he and Hurts were friends and then I was able to go interview him um, again once he got to the Eagles and, you know, talked about that relationship, man. It, it, I just knew it was going to be a, a a great way in which you could really optimize Hurts' abilities because he's called those type of plays for both sets of quarterbacks. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he look, he's had experience elsewhere, too. Uh, he was um, well, he was the play caller in Houston in 2017. Uh, he was with Mississippi State uh, as well. He was with Utah. So, he, you know, he's he's paid his dues. It's not like he just kind of popped on the scene out of nowhere. Right, um, right. You know, if he gets the gig and we know there's that, that familiarity that he has with uh, with Jalen and with the offense in general, which I, I like that. I like that you're not sort of rebuilding this thing. You just keep it rolling and fine-tune it. He puts his own, you know, signature on this thing that, that, that Steichen, you know, different from Steichen. Um, so I think that's good. The, I think it's also interesting that they're looking around outside at the defensive coordinator. Maybe they're not quite as sold on Denard Wilson. I don't know if that, that's a shot at Denard or they like some of the other candidates who are available. Vance Johnson would be one of them, uh, according to multiple reports. Now, Barrett, the interesting thing here is he's definitely more of an aggressor in terms of just approach, Vance, a guy like Vance Joseph is, than – what Rich Gat, what Rich, what, uh, what uh, Jonathan Gannon was. He is definitely much more of an aggressor in terms of blitzing, and he he runs a different kind of defense too. Well, yeah, I mean, when you when you when you look at Vance, like people don't understand, Vance was a quarterback at the University of Colorado, so I know him very well. Me and him are real cool because we're also fraternity brothers. Okay, both he and Eric Bieniemy, when they were at Colorado, you know, I was real good friends with him. But um, he played quarterback. So it was this is before, you know, you really had the, you know, the dual threat quarterbacks. You know, he went, in fact, he didn't really play much. He was just a great, phenomenal athlete. Right. He didn't play quarterback because he was backing up, you know, some really good players. So he goes to, he goes to the Jets, becomes a DB. And that's where he learned the trade of being, a, you know, a defensive guy, being on the defensive side of the ball. And he's always been a sharp, sharp, sharp dude. So long story long, you know, he, keeps progressing you know so now he's a three four guy he's runs a three four offense but it's not the traditional three four all i mean a three four defense he does not the traditional three four defense usually when you run a three four defense your three get big guys that are down linemen one lines up over the tackle that's the end you have a nose guard head up over the center then you have another end line up over the tackle and those guys usually two gap it's not like they get up the field in one gap like our defense does in the in the, uh, in the um, four three, mm-hmm. these guys with two gap meaning they would hit the tackle, press them back, and have both gaps on either side of them. So if the ball went one way, they would go into that gap. You know, they just had to stand there, and they really weren't used to really make impact plays. They were used to keep the linebackers clean. Hence, that's why you have you know the the three four three down linemen and the four linebackers. Linebackers were featured. So that worked, you know, like while I was with the Steelers, you know, we had great linebackers, James Ferrier, Larry Foote, you know, Joey Porter on one side, James Harrison on the other side. When you have linebackers like that, well, he tends to run his a little differently. His guys don't two gaps. So his big guys don't two gaps. 
they still play one gap, and he asks his linebackers to take those gaps too. But they run a zone blitz. They'll totally blitz from a zone and don't have anybody to go recover from that zone. They might drop a D lineman or something like that. But they blitz all the time. And blitzing is not sending four people to them. Even though they have three digs of linemen, they're sending the fourth guy. That's just a regular that's just a regular run stop or a regular uh, gap. He just sent four guys. They send five guys, five to six guys when they blitz. That's when you know it's a blitz, when they send five or more. So they did a lot of blitzing, and it, and it wasn't because they didn't have the horses up front. Hell, they had some great players up front, you know. So, But it's just going to be a little different. It's, it's exactly what the doctor ordered, with what we want here in Philadelphia. Yeah, and we're not we going to know. Blitzing, dominant type of aggressive – defense and he'll be just with the doctor ordered if you want a guy like that and that's the challenge though gunner like we just there's so many free agents we don't know exactly what the personnel is going to look like whoever takes this thing over whoever is the defensive coordinator i mean you could see a mass exodus whether it's cjgj or bradbury or uh or hargrave or brandon graham or linvale joseph or sue cox like you there could be tons of these guys not here we just don't know Derek? Well, that's why Howie Roseman has contingency plans uh, in place all over the place because uh, you don't. You honestly don't. And once once Jalen gets his money, the trickle-down effect is going to hurt a lot of people and, and hurt the Eagles in a lot of ways in terms of what they might want to do. And that's why I said earlier in the week, it's imperative you get a D.C. in place now so that you can get behind closed doors and get an idea of what kind of player they're looking for for their system. If they decide not to go with Denar Wilson and go outside of the equation, your best your best bet is to get that guy in place and start looking at potential candidates to see how they fit your 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 salary cap situation. Now, obviously, you can't load up with a multitude of big names again. That's not going to happen because they got the top. It's going to take up a good chunk of the money, even though you have like $20 million in cap space additionally now with the, the cap being increased by $20 million. It has to be very strategic because they still have to figure out what they might have to do with one-fifth or two-fifths of the offensive line as well. Yep. You know, we know Jurgens is going to take over, but and we assume that one of the guys in the house is going to take the place of, say, Amalo if he leaves, but we don't know. They may try to go out and get a – you know how they like to build in the trenches. They may want to go out and get a big-name offensive lineman to fill that gap as well. Yeah, you know we we that's something we haven't even talked about much, um, but if you bring in like a Vance Joseph, a Lovey Smith, uh, Gerard Mayo, you know you look at the success New England's defense has had the last couple of years, you know especially the linebackers. Mayo's a big part of that. Now he's been in, he's worked with a number of good defensive coaches there. So what's his ideology in terms of what a defense should look like? We that we know a. Lovey Smith's concept is in the Tampa too, but what makes that successful? It's a certain type of player, body structure, type, speed, you know, lateral agility, so on and so forth. Um, so you, they're not going to let this thing linger long. They can't afford to. Yeah, you've got the no. combine coming up quicker than you think. You know, so yes, Mr. Brooks. Well, when you look at what the Eagles have, um, what, what they have up front. It's kind of it's almost kind of what you would want a three four defense to look like. You know, starting off in the middle, you got Davis there. Mm-hmm. It'll be perfect. He's a prototypical um, nose 
Zero mm-hmm. Technique knows that you're using the three four. Um, you also have uh, Marlon uh, Tui Pelotu. Tui Pelotu, yep. He's also a traditional nose sitting right there, head up over the center. The linebackers, you need the linebackers. You need stud linebackers on the outside. You got Hassan Reddick there. Mm-hmm. You got Patrick Johnson fits that mold. Kyron Johnson also fits that mold. When you look at guys that are going to play the head-up tackle over the um, – over the uh, I mean, the head-up ends over the nose, you got that. Josh Sweat, you got that. You know, you could put Marlon uh, uh, Milton Williams there. Mm-hmm. Even Derek Barnett can play there. You know what I'm saying? So they have guys to play it. You know, guys that you prototypically say would be guys that you would be, fit in the system. Even guys that were on the um, practice squad that fit. Matt Leo. Now, nobody really knows who Matt Leo is. But Matt Leo is a pretty good player. He just couldn't break the lineup. Yeah, He's the prototypical 3-4 end because he has size on him and he's long. Mm-hmm. Those use guys usually size, you know, built like that. He'll fit in perfectly on what they want as a 3-4 as a, um, defensive end. So it's not like they don't have the players to play it. But right. also, you know, a lot of these guys are versatile. They can play 4-3 if they're asked to. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, based on what you said, and, it, and that's a good analogy in terms of the hogs they have in the trenches, then you, the linebacking situation in a 3-4 becomes even more imperative. Now, we don't know what N'Kobe Dean is. If both Kazir White and T.J. Edwards leave, you got to fill a lot, lot of linebacking. Does Hassan Reddick become a stand-up outside linebacker instead of a, a guy who puts his hand in the dirt more than he stands up? Yep. What, what is, he? is he? Is he more of a hybrid? Um, okay, so that's a lot of linebacking to try to fill the gap, which means if that if, if Kazir White and TJ Edwards both leaves, that means that elevates the urgency of possibly taking a linebacker before they take a corner if a D coordinator decides that he wants to go to that 3-4 because the linebackers in the 3-4 set the tone for the defense. Well, you know, and, and you, you got to have – you know what I mean? You're absolutely so right you, about that. You've got to have – yeah, so you've got to have – in a lot of in a lot of ways, your linebackers can disguise what deficiencies you might have on the back end, even you know, uh, in a de- in, in depending on like the games they like to play in the trenches, moving the pieces around and stuff like that. That that's going to be interesting. You know, a lot of people want to see a big name. If if Hargrave and Cox both left, people want to see a big name D tackle move in there. But like Barrett just said, you already have pieces in place that can fill the gaps in that regard. Mm-hmm. But you've got you've got to be you've got to be spot on when it comes to the linebackers. Even if you even if you draft, he has to be somebody who can hit the ground run. He can't be like a Jordan Davis last year who had a wealth of talent in front of him and could ease his way into the transition of the NFL game. He's got to be a linebacker you can plug and play right out of the draft, alongside Nicobe Dean. Whether they decide to make Reddick a stand up outside backer instead of putting your hand in the dirt, and you got to get another linebacker as well in there. Yeah, well, got it. I'm, I'm, my fault, guy. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm talking too much, but I mean, I'm, I, I'm just going from the roster what I'm looking at. Right, right. And you have to look. You, the gun. You're absolutely right. You got Nicobe Dean. They're gonna pencil him in as a star. We see that. Sean Bradley would have to step up. He's been a special teams guy, you know, for his first two years in the NFL. Christian Ellis, another special teams guy. Uh-huh. That's the extent right now that the guys that are signed that are under contract, and I keep saying under contract because I'm not going to talk about guys that are not under contract. Like, I'm not going to talk about Marcus Epps, James mm-hmm. Bradbury, CJ GJ, Kazir White, TJ Edwards, Javon Hargraves, Fletcher Cox, and Dominic Sue, 
Robert Quinn, Linville Joseph. I'm, I can't talk about those guys because they're not on the contract right now. Mm-hmm. I can just go by the guys on the contract. That's why I mentioned Derek Barnett and, you know, what I'm talking about. But the guys on the contract, the guys that will be middle linebackers, the two linebackers uh, in this defense, and uh, what I say middle linebacker, I mean, it'll be the Jack and the Mike. You know, the Jack and the Mike. Then you got the uh, the Sam and the Will are the two outside guys. Mm-hmm. But the Jack and the Mike right now, I would say starting, will be N'Kobe Dean and Sean Bradley. Mm-hmm. Those will be the starters. You have one backup and Christian Ellis. That's the extent of them. Everybody else that are linebackers is going to play the Sam and the Will. So that's Hassan Reddick, Patrick Johnson, um, and Kyron Johnson. Those are the only guys we have on the roster right now. And we're not even going to talk about the secondary. Our secondary starts like this right now. Darius Slay, he's one corner. Maddox is the slot, or he's going to be – yeah, he'll be the still be the slot. But on the um, outside, the other guy that's next is either Zach McPherson or Josh Job. Everybody got pissed at me yesterday because I was talking about the guys that are signed, but that's who we have right now. Joshua Scott is the second team um, slot cornerback. I mean, I just I'm just going through what is the starting safeties right now: Reed Blankenship and Kayvon Wallace. Those are starters right now because those are the guys that are on the roster. Yeah, I hear right. you. I, and the interesting thing is, you know, how he said he wouldn't be deterred with giving Jalen. You know the extension because the way things went with Wentz, right? And that that's the way you got to operate. But I mean, he's you're probably looking at forty eight to or forty five to fifty million a year. He would have made four point three this year, Jalen, or scheduled to make four point three. Free agency starts March twelfth or thirteenth. So I mean, if you think about Two it, two and a half weeks away. Yeah, man, that's really quick, right? So nature of winning, I mean. Nature of being and not winning, nature of being in a Super Bowl. Yeah, but there's just so much tied up in, or tied into Jalen's contract with all these free agents. They have to do work on this pretty quick. I'm not saying they, they haven't already had the, the, the structure in place. They haven't been talking with Jalen's agent. I'm sure they have. Okay, and then they actually couldn't, by NFL rules, NFLPA rules, they couldn't extend him until this season was over. They, they weren't, you're not allowed to do that. because he's All oh, these guys are right too, man. Yeah, These guys are right. They said uh, Davion Taylor. He is a back. I forgot all about Davion Taylor. Yeah, he he he's on the roster. Uh, that's not there, good. That you there's a the reason why you forgot about <laughs> Davion Taylor. <laughs> say that. The fact that you had to you had to like, oh yeah, that's probably not a good sign. Well, Just, now, was, now keep this in mind. <laughs> keep oh. this in mind right here on this day in this time. And remember, I told you guys this. Don't rule out the possibility they could use Darius Slayer trade bait to get more draft capital. We could see a secondary similar to what the Eagles did back in the early 2000s when they drafted Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown in the same draft. Hmm. So don't rule out that possibility as well. So you. then you're talking about turnover. Can you imagine if you got two young kids playing on the corners hmm. and then a, a young set, a young set of safeties as well? Oh, well, CJ back there. With a uh, with another young safety, yeah. So keep that point. keep that in mind as well. It could look very different, man. I mean, that is for sure. But there is an urgency here. Not that there wasn't already, but to get this done in relatively quick form. Now, uh, that hasn't always been the case around the NFL. You know, we've seen that. We we, we heck. I mean, you think about it. Uh, Lamar Jackson's still not signed. So right. you know, it, this is not. You know, we all think, oh, get it done. Well, it's easier said than done. It takes two to tango here. You know, and. and if you look at some of the contracts, like interestingly enough, Patrick Mahomes' contract, 
I think it's the last three years of it aren't even guaranteed. You know, it, it's it's a pretty team-friendly deal. Now, that could mean a lot of different things. You know, you can look at it depending on how you view it. I think he made like 35 this year or whatever. Mm. Chiefs got a pretty good deal. But the problem is, as time goes on, it only goes up and up and up. You know, that was a few years ago now. So you're going to be comparing this to what some of the guys have signed lately, some of the guaranteed deals like Deshaun Watson got, which throws a monkey wrench into a lot of stuff. So my my only – my point is it's not easy, right? And it's right. not going to be easy to get it done, but you're going to have to get it done quickly so you can figure out who else you can sign. That Again, I, I, I'll be moaning this forever, but the, it's one of the reasons why you, you needed to win this one this year because there's just going to be a lot of change. There's going to be a roster turnover. It's just well, just the nature of the beast. Well, let me ask you this. Would you would you have them sign a um, team-friendly deal like like Mahomes? Like we, we, we first heard Mahomes' deal, which was 10 years, 505 million dollars that's a, that's a half a billion dollars we were thinking like oh my god l- listen at those numbers look at that contract but it all has why look now with the way the numbers are going right now when you have guys like you know guys that have guaranteed contracts of you know 200 and was it 250 260 million dollars right it's almost like he's a bargain right now he's he's probably making he's the 10th highest quarterback i think they said he's like the 10th or ninth highest paid quarterback right now. Yeah. And he's the and he's the best player in the league right now. So that's that that's tough, man. That is tough when you think about the numbers that he's out. And we know Howie. Howie's how is it he's ingenious at, at, at getting guys under fair market value. He is. And that's the thing. You know, we sit here right now and we talk about, oh my God, this is gonna be crazy. How's he gonna do this? How's he gonna prioritize certain guys? How's he also gonna get Jalen's deal done? But I feel like, you know, we're like banana in the tailpipe with this with Howie. Every single year we sit there and, and, and talk about how he's going to pull it off with the cap. And he always does. I mean, you can, there's a lot of things you can debate with him, but I think he is the ultimate cap master and roster manager in terms yep. of money. So mm-hmm. if anybody can figure this out and still keep somewhat of the nucleus still here, it's Howie. If anybody can do this thing. You know, and the other thing is that's very much up in the air. And, and John Dickerson brings his name up here, um, you know, per Field Yates. Uh, Eagles paid Kelsey $3 million bonus yesterday. The cap impact for Philly now creates 2.4 in space. You're going to see a lot of this kind of stuff. You're going to see guys having stuff converted from their actual salary into bonuses and all that kind of stuff. So there's going to be a lot that happens between now and then. And one of the big decisions is what, happen, what happens with Jason Kelsey, you know, whether or not he's back. All right, let's uh, let's step aside here. And when we come back, Ray Dittinger is going to join us. We'll talk all things Eagles, the Super Bowl itself, the season, put everything in perspective with Ray. 130, Ben Davis got some great NFL stuff we're going to do a little bit later. But when we come back, it will be the one and only Hall of Famer, Ray Dittinger. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take on this Friday, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a very scary proposition. And I that was my, you know, I'm here, guilty. Uh, but I can tell you from personal experience that I trust my finances with Jim Murray and principal financial group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I, I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y 
Jim at principal.com. That's Jim at principal.com. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name's Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday, one and all. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Eric Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Rob Ellis joining us right now, the Hall of Famer himself, the one and only Ray Didinger. Ray, how we doing, Ray? Hello, guys. How are you? Morning or afternoon. Ray, what's going on? Morning some places, Derek. It is for sure. Um, Ray, I'm going to start with this one. The Eagles lost both their coordinators, and that certainly presents its own set of challenges, right? There's no question about that, but... Sometimes a little fresh blood isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, how do you view this thing uh, with both of these guys going and, you know, kind of what's in front of the Eagles here um, as we move forward? Yeah. uh, 
it can work both ways. Um, I mean, we, I mean, we all saw what happened to the Eagles when Andy Reid's original staff began breaking up. Uh, you know that that original coaching staff that Andy had '99 into the early 2000s was, uh, in my view, the best coaching staff the Eagles ever had. Uh, some of the guys Andy decided to keep, he inherited, uh, and then other guys he brought in. Uh, some of whom we knew, some of whom we had heard of, some of whom were total strangers. Uh, but I think not to take anything away from Big Red, who masterminded the whole thing, but uh, I think a lot of the success and the sudden success that that team had starting in 2000 and then going on for a while was um, was the function of, of how good that staff was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, we came very quickly to learn how good a coach Jim Johnson was. Most people didn't know who he was, but we learned real fast. Uh, and then, but then a lot of the other guys were guys that we didn't know. And we, that we realized, boy, this guy's really a good coach. Uh, and that group, the coordinators all the way down to the position coaches, um, we learned over time were ec- not just good, but excellent. And, uh, it's one of the reasons why that team got good real fast and stayed real good. But then as always happens with successful football teams, you know, other teams start cherry picking your staff. And, uh, uh, and as a lot of those guys left for other jobs and better jobs, um, the guys that they brought in to replace them weren't nearly as good. And that's when you began to see the whole operation start to start to backslide. And uh, that, uh, there was no question that had an impact. And I think sometimes when you get into these decisions where the guy on top, in this case, the head coach, he's going to have a, He's going to decide where he wants to go. And Andy, um, you know, Andy was was very loyal. Uh, and whenever one of his guys left, he tried to promote from within. He tried to stay with his group of guys and give other guys who had been assistants, give them their opportunity. Um, and sometimes it didn't work out. You know, I, I mean, you you lose John Harbaugh and your answer is to promote Rory Segrist to special oh. coach. I forgot about that. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, you know, he, 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 he was in over his head, you know, and the special teams went from the best in the league to the worst. Uh, it was a bad decision. Uh, then, you know, there are other, you know, the, you, you lose Jim Johnson. Uh, you, you give Sean, you give Sean McDermott his opportunity. I actually thought Sean McDermott did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I thought he got kind of a raw deal, got forced out. So your answer then is instead of looking for another coordinator, maybe elsewhere, you, you know, Juan Castillo had been had been looking to try to move up in the ranks. So Andy gives him his chance to be offensive. I mean, defensive coordinator um, turned out to be a disaster. So I, I think sometimes, you know, sometimes the guy at the top can be too loyal. Uh, I think sometimes you always have to be mindful of like, I got to go get the best guy. If he happens to be in house. Great. Uh, but if, if, no, if I feel like I can do better, uh, fill this position, I'm going to go out and get the best guy to fill this position. So that's, that's the mindset that I would have. And I would hope the Eagles would have here. I mean, everybody's just assuming that Nick is going to promote from within. I would say, keep your options open. You know, if there's a, if there's a better Mm -hmm. answer out there somewhere and somebody you think you can work with, who's done this before and has the qualifications, you know, bring them in and talk to them. It's, it, loyalty is a great thing, but sometimes I think you can be too loyal. And I think Andy was in the rebuild of his coaching staff. 
Ray, when when you look at this Eagles defense and look at the stats they accumulated, there's is just a wild factor across the board in terms of historical numbers they put up. But I said earlier this week, the fact that they did not complete the mission of winning the Super Bowl puts a huge asterisk over this defense as being considered the greatest defense in Eagles history. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, totally. 100%. I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, I mean, there was all this conversation. Uh, and, um, you know, I was asked it dozens of times. You guys were probably asked it dozens of times. Yeah. You know, as this team's piling up the wins, piling up the wins, piling up the wins, setting this record, setting that record. Boy, is this the greatest team in Eagles history? Uh, and I said, you know, check back with me in February. You know, I mean, if yep. <laughs> they, can't be the, they can't be the greatest if they don't win at all. You know, yep. um, you know, I, you can't say I, you can take. Listen, you can take all of those stats and all those records, you know, and put them in a, put them in a little plastic bag now, and you can roll them all up and you can put them in a trash can. Because they don't mean nothing, they don't mean nothing. I mean, the, when you when, when when you roll through the season and you're the number one seed and you go into the playoffs and you're the number one seed and you go to the Super Bowl and you're the favorite, uh, and you lose everything you did in a regular season, I don't want to say it's meaningless, but you can't you can't celebrate it because all mm-hmm. it did was get you there, you know. And then once you got to get once you get there, then you got to win. Uh, and that was kind of how I felt. I. I was talking to a guy, um, a guy who worked in the league for a long time. We've been friends for a long time in the week before the game and uh, talking about how we sized it up. And he said, what, who do you like? I said, I like the Eagles. I think they're better. And he said, yeah, he said, the Eagles are really good. Um, he said, but the one thing that, that, that bothers me about them is I find myself asking, who did they beat to get there? Mm. You know? uh, he said, I, I just don't know if they beat, how many good teams did they beat? You know, um, and he said, I think the Chiefs are the best team that they've played, that they will have played. Um, and he said, you know, they beat they beat the Cowboys once with a backup quarterback. They played the Cowboys a second time with Prescott and they lost. Probably the best team they played was the 49ers, but they played them without a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I just I just haven't seen them in, and you know, forget the forget the Vikings. I mean, I think we realize now what the Vikings, what the like what the Vikings were. Yeah. Um, he said, I he said, I just don't know that I've seen them really beat a good team. Uh, and he said, and the Chiefs are good. He said, you know, on a, on a scale of who, you know, I would probably say the Eagles are better. He said, but the Chiefs are going to be the best team that they've played all year. And he said, and they've got the, certainly the best quarterback. He said, so I, t- he said, I view it as a toss-up. And, you know, I mean, as I was watching the second half of that game, boy, that, you know, I kept thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Now, I, thought the, I thought the Eagles were going to win. And I still, looking back on it, I think they should have won. Yeah, uh, but but there's some but there's some merit to what he said when you look back over the road that the Eagles traveled to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that they were I thought they were the best team. You know, I mean, I, I voiced my opinion on that. I, I was ironclad because they built they were built better in the trenches. Um, I make no excuses. The Chiefs won by three points. It was you know it was evident that the second half we saw the best player in the NFL pull out his bag of tricks and just played at such a high level. It was just hard for anybody to stop. I'm just, I don't just, you know, look at Gannon and be like, all right, Gannon, you know, but it was, he was just on a roll. He was on fire and you just couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes at that point. But when I do look at this and I look at, all right, they made it to the, to the Super Bowl. They got cherry picked by their, both their coordinators should have been all three. In fact, we should have a fire sale for, 
for Clay if he if somebody wants them. We'll we'll give them to you for a box of Cracker Jacks and some and some almonds or something. You know, we'll give him. He can he can take him. But what do you do first? Do you sign uh, the coordinators or do you sign Jalen? What would be your priority going right now? What's your priority? I think you got. I think you got to get the coaches in place. Yep. I think you got to get the coaches in place. Um, and yeah, I, you got your time with Jalen. You know, I, I think that, I think that's going to work itself out. But I well, think so that, I think I, I, I think the first priority is is completing your coaching staff. You know, and and not just all of a sudden walk in the office tomorrow and say, "Hey, hey Brian, you're the OC." Okay. Uh, I, I I think you I think you got I think you got to think about this. You know, I think you got to look around. I mean, you got to do some interview and you got to give some thought. Um, this is not, I mean, there, there's never been a case where a team uh, lost both of its, a Super Bowl team lost both of its coordinators in the same year. Very often you lose one. Nobody's ever lost two. So the Eagles are being asked now to do something nobody's ever done before uh, in a tough situation, which is trying to come back after losing a Super Bowl. Um, you know, you, I mean, you guys, I'm sure you're aware of the history. I mean, you've had, 56 previous Super Bowls, and of the 56 teams that lost, uh, only eight of them came back the next year. Um, I mean, that's that that's the history of it, and and only three of them won. Yeah, so, well, it was the so right, after the Eagles. Right? Yeah, I mean, so yeah. right now, yeah, so right now, I mean, everybody's saying what you would expect everybody to say, you know, and you heard the players say it on Sunday night, you know. We're a great team. You know, we're going to be back. You know, this is a, we're going to learn from this. We're going to come back stronger. You know, I've heard it 56 times after 56 Super Bowls. Everybody <laughs> says it. history would tell you it's very hard to do. Yep. Um, now, you know, maybe these guys can do it. Um, if you want to be super glass full, um, that the the only perfect season in NFL history came off of one of these, that the 72 Dolphins lost the Super Bowl the year before, came back the next year and ran the table in 17 and no, the only perfect season that came off a Super Bowl loss, but that's the exception. Most of the time teams find it hard to do. Uh, and now it's, the job is going to be further complicated by the fact you got to, you got to now complete your coaching staff by filling the two big chairs. And to me, that's, you know, I think, I think that's priority number one. And that's why I would, I would really encourage the Eagles to not rush into this, to just really think it through and, and bring the best guys in. Because if getting back is, is your main goal and what should be right now, understand that it's, um, you know, that this is not going to be, this is, this is not going to be easy. You know, you were at the top, you just got, you just got knocked to the bottom and now you got to work your way back up. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a long, hard climb. Ray, mm -hmm. how do you prioritize you know, I'll just go to the defensive side of the ball, the free agents, whether it's Gardner Johnson, whether it's Bradbury, uh, Hargrave, who had double digit sacks, you know, Brandon Graham, whoever else you want to throw in there, Fletcher Cox, et cetera. How, how would the linebackers, how would you, how would you prioritize if, you know, if you had your druthers, I know a lot of this is going to depend on what these guys are asking, but for you, who's number yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I would, I would probably say Hargrave would be my number one. Hmm. Uh, I, I think guys who, who can play that position the way he plays it. Uh, and he's still, I think he's still got some good football left. He's not, you know, he's not up towards the end of his career. I think he's got a ways to go. Uh, and a guy that can play inside like that and be a double digit sack guy is very valuable, but he's, but everybody knows it and there aren't that many guys like him. So he is probably going to, he's probably going to get the most 
traction in the free agent market. He's probably going to get the most teams after him. And his price tag, his price tag is going to be pretty high. <clears throat> but if you ask me to prioritize him, who would be my number one? Who would be my number one to bring back? I would probably say him because I think he would be. I think he would be hard to replace. Mm-hmm. Ray, when you look when you look back on the Super Bowl, uh, we, we saw the miscues. The defense was was a no show in the second half. But from a coaching um, coaching structure philosophy. Um, compared to plays, what's the one thing that stands out to you that really shocked you about the Eagles coming up short in that game? Uh, shocked me. I, I would look at it from the I would look at it from the other side. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that I didn't expect that turned out to be absolutely critical was I didn't expect the chiefs to run the ball that way. Mm. I, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't see that coming. Um, I mean, the idea that Andy Reid is going to win a super bowl by running. football. <laughs> Whoa, what world are we living in? Uh, and I, um, and I, and I think that the Eagles probably expected it too. You know, I think the Eagles were probably caught a little flat footed on that too. You go into a game where Andy Reid is the coach and Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. You don't expect to uh, you don't expect them to be handing the ball off much, and uh, and I think they probably game planned it that way. Uh, and you know we all kind of talked around it this year because so many other things were going well. Um, but the fact of the matter is, teams that wanted to run the ball on the Eagles, they were able to run the ball. Yeah. Uh, now. Uh, partly because they were such a high scoring team and teams were, and they were getting leads. You know, a lot of times teams didn't have any choice. They had to throw to play catch up, but you saw games when teams came out with the determination that we're going to, we're going to run the ball on you. They were, they were pretty successful. Now Mm -hmm. I didn't think that Andy would take that approach because he rarely does. Uh, But to his credit, he did. Uh, And I think that had a tremendous impact on the game because that was something I don't think anybody foresaw. Mm-hmm. And it everybody talks about how the pass rush, they didn't get the pass rush and didn't get the pressure on Mahomes. And that was certainly critical. But part of the reason why they didn't was all of a sudden here the Chiefs are running the ball for running the ball for five, six, seven yards. And that will slow down your pass rush. If, you, if they think, hey, these guys, they're, they're going to they're going to run it. And we, we got to figure out how to stop the run. In addition to getting pressure on the quarterback, if you can run the ball the way the Chiefs ran the ball, and they average six yards a carry now, yeah. that will that will slow down your pass rush too. And that was something that I think caught everybody by surprise. How big of a, how big of a, of a, of a, of a disappointment of a special teams the entire year and that we didn't do anything really to, to rectify it. We rectified, we kind of rectified the, you know, the running game, the teams trying to run on us, you know, with bringing in Linville Joseph and, and Dominic Sue, but to keep, the same guy that orchestrated the two worst special teams teams I've ever seen in my life, keeping them there. I, I don't understand how you can you can you can do that and uh and, and think you're gonna go forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, Barrett. And we talked about it. Um I, again, when you have a season where so many things go right, uh, and you're 14 and three and you're the number one seed and you're the number one in the power rankings, and you know. And to 
to after the game say, boy, the special teams, you know, they really got to do something. It really sounds like you're nitpicking. Right. You know, people say, oh, you're look, you're, you guys are just looking for stuff to complain about. Right. Well, no. <laughs> no, we're not. I mean, what, we're, what we're doing is we're pointing out something. Okay, you know, this, you were able to beat the Tennessee Titans. You were able to beat. You're able. You're able to beat. You're, you're able to win this game, win that game. But somewhere down the road, you know, somewhere down the road against a really good team, this is very likely to come back and bite you here. You know, and the idea that ah, it's not that big a deal. Well, yeah, it is. Uh, and um, I, I always thought that. I mean, I always thought. That. Now, the fact that Elliott was so good and the fact that Elliott was money every time you needed a field goal kind of overrode it. You know, people yeah. say special teams. Well, no, what do you mean? Or, every, you know, yeah, OK, yeah, Elliott's fine. But your but your punter is a real problem and your punt coverage is a real problem. And, mm-hmm. your, and your kick coverage in general isn't real good. Um, and it was just I mean, it was just hanging out there. I mean, it was just hanging out there and there was just that. It's going to come up at, at the worst possible time. And boy, did it ever in, in that game. And I know there was some talk. I was on um, I was on IP like two weeks ago. I guess during the during the, the dead week before Super Bowl. And uh, I was on to Cameron Ritchie. Uh, and we were talking about the punter situation because at that point, Sippus was back uh, and Sippus was practicing and Kern was still here. Uh, and uh, and John said, I'd bring it. I'd, I'd go get a new punter right now. I wouldn't go with either of these guys, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, we've already seen that Kern's not that good. And Sippus wasn't that good. And he hasn't now punted in two months. Mm-hmm. He said, there are guys out on the street now that are better than either of these two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that then we got into the whole issue. Okay. Well then who's going to hold for the kicks. And, you know, I mean, it becomes, right. it becomes more complicated than people would like to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I, I found it interesting that a guy who's played in the league as he did, uh, has been on Super Bowl teams, thought that the punting was was such a problem that he's, I would have no problem. He said, if I were the Eagles right now, I'd be out. I'd be looking for another punter right now. And I'd, mm. even if it was just bringing them in for one game, I think I think they need to do that because I, you know, I think either of these two guys are not going to get the job done. And it was. I mean, it's a 38 yard line drive that uh, you know that, that Tony takes and turns the game all around. I, you know, when I look back on that whole sequence. There's that there's that third and two play there yep. that is so huge. You know, the, the, the Chiefs had just gone ahead by a point. The Eagles get the ball back. They get to a third and two. Uh, and this is a team that had been making third downs and mm-hmm. fourth downs the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But you got the ball at your own 34. Are you really willing to make that gamble right there? No, let's – okay, let's kick it away. I can't argue with that too much. I know a lot of people did, but – I understand. 34-yard line, giving the ball to Pat Mahomes, probably not a good idea. Um, but you're bringing in, you're bringing in, a, you're bringing in a lousy punter, uh, and with a coverage unit that is not very good, and you kick it 65-yard return. Now they got the ball at the five, and they punch mm-hmm. it in. That whole sequence it winds up with the Chiefs scoring two touchdowns in like three minutes. Yep. Uh, and I look at that third and two play that doesn't seem like a big deal. But Spagnuolo, Steve, who's a very good coach, I think, um, sends a blitz that the Eagles had not seen before. Uh, and uh, it flusters Hurts. He runs out of the pocket. He gets flushed out and just throws the ball away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now all of a sudden you're off the – you know, the coach has to make a decision. Do we go for it? Don't go for it. He decides to punt it. 
you're off the field, you punt it, 65-yard return. Now the one-point lead is an eight-point lead in three minutes. Um, that, that little sequence there, that one third and two play, where Spagnuolo comes with a blitz, the Eagles are caught a little flat-footed, Hurts throws the ball away. Boy, you look back on, on that whole game, it's so much of it changed right there that uh, that was that was really a head spinner. But the idea that you could get burned on a, on a kick return – Given the way the special teams have played all year, that in its, in itself is not a big surprise. Ray, Ray I want to stay on that strategically because you're right. The fourth and three is fascinating. You're down one. There's 10 and change left. You're at your own 32, right? There's a lot of different ways you can look at it. You know, you got to go for it, sort of like Doug Peterson did in the Super Bowl. It was a fourth and one from their own 45. Granted, there's a 13-yard difference there. But you give the ball back to Mahomes, they're going to score. But the other flip side of that is Kansas City's defense up until that point had done a really good job on the Eagles' offense that half, right? So it's it is, and you know you have a, a probably not a great punter. It's it's there's not a lot of great options. And I know Sirianni said yesterday, thirty two out of thirty two NFL coaches would punt there, and I'm not disagreeing with it. I, I at the time as I'm watching it in real time, I said punt. I didn't say go for it. I think it's a really hard call what you do there. And you're right, that unraveled everything. Everything just just went went to kablooey. Uh, there for sure, but um, that was that was a tough turning point, man. And the other thing is, you figure after the Eagles go down and tie it at thirty-five, and Hertz gets the two-pointer, if there's ever a time your defense can finally make a play, it right. would be that drive, and they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. Plain could and simple, could not do it. Could not do it. You're right. Um, um, I think Nick is probably right. I think every every coach would have. Look, if he isn't going to go for it, nobody's going to go for it. That's right. So, I mean, uh, and I agree with him on that. You're looking at that situation. I mean, if, if, if he goes for it and they get stopped and they and you're giving them the ball at that point, it's, you know, uh, I mean, that, that's just – that would have been foolhardy, I think. Um, I mean, you wish you had a better punter in that situation, but you're hoping that maybe maybe he gets you a good one, maybe you get good coverage. Who knows? I mean, I mean Tony is <laughs> – Tony is not Devin Hester, okay? No. I mean, there's right. a, with, with with Tony, I mean, there's there's the chance. And he's just as likely to, to drop it himself as return at 60 yards. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was one of those it was one of those perfect storms where everything went wrong at right, the worst right. possible time. Um, exactly. And you can second-guess it endlessly, but I, I can't. Right now, to second-guess it, it is purely a second-guess. At the moment when it's happening, and we're all watching it in real time, I'm 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 annoyed that they're ha- that they're in this spot that, it's, that you have to make this call. I was hoping they could convert the third down and we wouldn't have to worry about it. But at the at the moment, okay, we got to make a decision. Yeah, you got to punt it. You got to punt it down there. So I, I, I had I had no problem with the decision, but that whole sequence that plays out there um, really is is what is what changes everything. Well, Ray, the one thing that I really can't get out of my crawl is the fact that Jonathan Gannon and his personnel got duped on two consecutive series on Kansas City's motion. Once to one side, once to the opposite side. And, and as we know, games like games, period, are games of ever-changing philosophy. And he didn't. He stayed with it, and he got caught with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, you, you did such a good job. We applauded the job he did so well throughout the regular season. And it's like everything that led up to that game was lost. It was like he could he he couldn't play chess with Andy Reid in any way, shape, or form, especially over the last thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, we were doing um, 
Oh, Barrett knows. He was he was part of it, the pregame show. Uh, and we were doing like a checklist of, you know, ad, who has the advantage in this category or that category. And the question came up, who has the edge and co- who has the advantage in coaching coming into this game? Uh, and um, and I said, it's the Chiefs, you know, and uh, and there was sort of some pushback from the guys in Arizona that I had the nerve. I had the nerve rate. I had the nerve to literally say, are you sure about that? Ray? What was <laughs> I thinking about? You had one too many drinks. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, there, there, I, I did hear a little pushback coming from Arizona because they thought I was being, they thought I was being disrespect or not giving Nick uh, his props for doing a great coaching job this year. And what I tried to explain was to me, it's not just a, a one-on-one question to me if you're talking about the coaching you're talking about the head coach and the two coordinators uh and i'm looking at andy and b enemy and spagnuolo um vs nick and shane and jonathan uh and the fact that the one team those guys had 11 combined super bowls and you had none (laughs) to me on its face i gotta give the edge to the guys that have been there before uh and not to say that, you know, that I, I'm, I'm disrespecting the Eagles coaches, but I got to give the advantage to the guys that have been there before and actually won this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and there's no there's no question now looking back on it that, that, that the Chiefs coaches coach circles around the Eagles coaches. Uh, and it was a purely the experience factor. I don't know. But I mean, that's certainly the way it played out. And I thought that I don't know if irony is the right word, but I found it ironic that watching the whole second half. I think it was the best 30 minutes of coaching of Andy Reid's career. Mm. I really do. And I look back on that and I think that Andy won this game by running the ball, mm-hmm. by managing the clock. That was one of my keys though. And, and by conserving and by conserving his timeouts, which are the three things that he didn't do in Super Bowl 39. Right. You know, when, when you lost the game in Jacksonville, you lost it because he didn't run the ball because he totally mismanaged the clock. Mm-hmm. And at the end, when you needed the timeouts, he didn't have them. I mean, he wins this one ex- with, by doing all the things he should have done in Jacksonville. So glad he learned in, you know, when he was still the Eagles coach, right? And he's got so, it all perfected now. Makes me feel so much better. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, Rob, it's, uh, it proves something that I've, I've kind of felt watching the last few years of Andy in Kansas City. He's a better coach now than he was when he was here. I agree. There's no and, question. And he was, and he was, he was a really good coach here. A really yeah. good coach here for 14 years. I mean, he won the most games. Took you to five championship games. That's it's a hell of a resume. Sure. When you watch him now, he's a better coach now. Yeah. Uh, and that was never more evident than it was on Sunday. I, that was the best 30 minutes of football I've ever seen him coach. It was mm-hmm. really, really good. Nope. I concur. I concur. Ray. Hey, thanks. Thanks for joining us all year long. We appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on today. It, it's always fun kicking this stuff around uh, with you. And hey, get back to get back to enjoying that retirement, my man. Okay? <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. Tell him, Ray, it's not happening. Hey, I'm already doing my draft preparation. You know, see, oh, you're a machine. Yeah, see, what, reality what, check. What yeah. can I tell you? <laughs> yeah, you, you got <laughs> yeah rem- thanks for reminding me, Barrett. Right, yeah, that, right. was, uh, that, that was true. It was, uh, I, I mean, I hadn't. I hadn't really planned on making a quote-unquote comeback. Um, the only reason it happened was because the Eagles had the season they had. But it was it was a blast, and it was great to come back. And it was great to do this stuff. It was great to work with Barrett again, mm-hmm. uh, and it was great to take that whole ride. You know, even though the ending was a big disappointment, it really was a fun season. And I think 
I do think this team has a very bright future. And mm-hmm. if there's any silver lining to take away from uh, what happened on Sunday, um, there ain't no doubt. There ain't no doubt now. You got your quarterback. Absolutely. You well got said. your quarterback. And that's, you know, and if you're if you're thinking about trying to win a championship, that's a good place to start. Yep. Well said. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right, Ray, on that note, thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Be good, right. man. Be good. You, See good. <laughs> you got it, Ray, didn't you there? Ray's awesome, man. He is the best. I mean, right. it's, it's crazy, man. I, I, I had the nerve to question <laughs> Andy Reid, bro. What, what was I thinking about? You guys, and you guys did the same thing. Remember, I tried to, I kicked back when you guys were talking about it um, last Wednesday or something like that, man. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, it's uh, I, eventually I'll learn. I'll learn. You tried to tell me and I didn't listen. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, what's funny is that, and, and we, we touched on it a couple of times this week about the defense's inability to get to Patrick Mahomes. But I watched the game again yesterday and especially in the second half. And I said, wait a minute. They were getting close to Patrick. The yep. only problem was they didn't force him to go where they wanted him to go. They allowed him to go where he wanted to go. And they never made that adjustment to force him to his weak hand side. He always found a way to step up and slide to the right when he had to. The only time he really slid to the left was when he stepped up and took off on that run for 26 yards. He ve- he started to the right and then veered back to the left. But they never were able, with all that pass rushing ability, were never able to make this man go where they wanted him to go. And, you know, good pass rushing defenses have the ability to do two things. One, keep a quarterback in the pocket until somebody can find him. Or two, make him uncomfortable and and, and use his strength against him. And they were never able to do that against the home. What I tell you we had to do, I told we had to get the get to the quarterback level and then collapse yeah. the pocket. They, they didn't the do it. Level, and they kept going around instead of stopping yes. – and, yes. and collapse. And when you give him that little way that he can, you know, that control step up and slide over, that means he stays in his quarterback. He stays in his quarterback, um, uh, uh, you know, mindset and a technique because he's he, he keeps his feet shuffling. You know, he's he's stepping up the way he's supposed to. If yeah. you if you collapse the pocket around and he can't step up, then it's harder for him to do anything, man. And I saw like one time I saw um, uh, what's his name, um, uh, Hassan Reddick. He went inside. I'm like, don't, don't, don't. He went inside anyways, and that's when he broke around and threw the mm-hmm. pass to, uh, on the um, – I thought it was a nod route, but um, I was corrected by Jason. Um, it wasn't a nod route. It was actually uh, a slant and go. Mm. And he just beat – he beat Epps. Epps tried to hit him at the line, and he and he, he, he missed him. <laughs> yeah, I he missed you. him, man. So. All right, we're going to come back and look at who needs to step up. The guys that we know for a fact are going to be back, the Jurgens, uh, the Jordan Davises, the Nicobe Deans, the Reed Blankenships. Are they ready if they get the call? We'll talk about that when we come back. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, hanging out with you on this Friday. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about pro-action restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, and you've experienced the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property and or your building, you know how trying and how scary that can be. But ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to help you. I know for a fact because I reached out to them on a Saturday. They got right over to my parents' house. They cleaned up a nasty – their basement was flooded. It was a, a finished basement that was absolutely flooded. They got over there. They fixed the problem. They cleaned up the water damage. 
the price was right the crew was professional uh it was a it was a relief more than anything else so again whether it's water fire smoke mold remediation you name it they can handle it they are licensed bonded fully insured they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Yes, we are. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us. Sports Day, Jake Sports YouTube Network. Friday. Friday. What do we have? What are the weekend plans? Gunner, what have you? What do you have going on? You're muted, Derek. You're muted. 
tonight we babysit the 19 and the 16 months old overnight. Y'all need to pray for us because I don't know how this is going to go. So it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Got two cribs and a changing setup in my bedroom right now. Tomorrow we're all going to uh, Wells Fargo Center to see the Jurassic World live uh, performance thing. And then on Sunday, I'm sure some honeydew list. Hey, thank you for the hey, thank thank you for the invite. Invite wait, invite where? Tomorrow to, to see Jurassic World, see the dinosaurs. Well, let's see. Let, let let's put it in its proper perspective. If I invited you, you wouldn't go because you'll be in the garage painting a car or doing something. So you are not going to put that guilt trip on me, sir. You can't get you can't get me. I told you it's a new year. You cannot get me. You can't. I'll 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 ask. I'll ask the little ones. They'll 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 say Uncle Pete can go. No, you no, you can't go. It's already sold out. <laughs> I, I don't need a ticket. Yeah. Huh? I, no, my, I don't know my, if it's sold out. My fingerprint still works. Ah, there you go. My fingerprint in there. Now, so what time? What, what time we got to be there? The show is at the show we're going to is at three o'clock. Seventy-five bucks a ticket for this. Y- well, yes, sir. Adult. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, but they say, it's, they say it's awesome though. That's what I hear. It better be. You know, I love I love like Jurassic World movies and all that. And my four year old grandson says he's going to be a, be a paleontologist. Uh, he can tell you every dinosaur, whether a carnivore, herbivore, whatever you think. He can, everything he wears is dinosaurs on it: hoodies, shirts, t shirts, pajamas. That's he why is, I'll be able to go. That's why I'll be able because I'm not, last time I saw him, I brought him the little van. I mean, the little the little van type of thing from Jurassic you World. Did. You are um you are the epitome of a sniper, man. You just know how to get in there. Boy, I'm telling you, man. I, you know what? I thought I was good at deflecting snipers. You you, my friend, have you have you have um you've beaten me in a lot of ways. You've beaten me. I, and I and I I go down begrudgingly saying that that you, you found a way to beat me. You got to the week, you got to the family, you started with the wife. And then work your way down to the to the kids, and then you infiltrated with the grandkids over the last three four years. And I'm like, you know what? I thought I was the king of the Jedi mind tricks, and I've been supplanted. Uh, how about you, back? Because we got some, a little bit of news. I'll throw you guys your way. What do you got? I'm I'm, I'm finishing up my truck. I finished painting it. Now I got to put all the lights and stuff, the emblems and all that stuff on it. So nice, yeah. nice. That's, That's what I'm doing over the weekend. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, how about this from uh, Pro Football Talk? The Eagles have requested uh, to speak with Sean Desai. Sean Good. Desai uh, for their defensive coordinator role. Uh, Chicago. Is, yeah. Um, now Seattle associate Seattle. head coach. Yep. Uh, he's a guy who's got a doctorate from uh, from Temple. Um, very very bright dude. Uh, but yeah, he was former Cardinals defensive coordinator. Uh, we went well. well Vance Joseph was the other guy they wanted to interview. But, yeah, uh, last year after serving as the Bears defensive coordinator in 2021, Desai. So um, there's another one. You know, it's, it, we haven't heard anything yet on offensive coordinator, but we've heard a couple of outside interview requests on the defensive side. So It's funny you said what you said earlier on, man, that why didn't we request to see Eric Bieniemy? And, and And ever since you said that, I've been thinking about that going over and over in my head about damn you're right why did we do that i wonder why not cherry pick them yeah yeah right i I don't know barrett i mean i mean one of two things is either maybe at play like they were locked in the second that steichen said he was out to to brian johnson they're just not saying it publicly or the enemy 
is locked into to Washington, and they're just kind of going through the motions here. I, I, well, as of 30 seconds ago, Joe Banner said, as I said two days ago, Eric is a done deal with Washington. Now, maybe that's why. Maybe they knew they couldn't get to Eric the enemy. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, know. it, it, it might have – I, you know, I can understand why he didn't also because it'd be like, oh, you know, look at Big Red, you know, pushing you, put, you know, putting you in a place again. You know what I'm saying? Big Red's, you know, dictating where you're going now. He put you in Philly now because he's he was from Philly. I can see that happening too. So I can see him not wanting to still be on the Big Red's tree. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but yeah, um, it could be. It could be. He just doesn't want to be associated, you know, in any way, shape, or form with anything eagle wise. But I don't know. You know, I think that's a. I, I think it's actually, it feel it felt like we talked about it yesterday. It felt like it was a done deal that that the enemy was going to Washington. Now, uh, if you're an Eagles fan, you don't like that because they just got a real good offensive coordinator. Um, the problem, if you're the enemy, is you're taking the gig unless you really believe in Sam Howell. You're taking the gig without a quarterback being there, or unless at least an established quarterback, you know, being there. That's going to be the challenge. Well, yeah, that is true, but. I go back to the playoffs when, when Patrick Mahomes initially hurt his ankle and an old dude named Chad Henney came off the bench cold and walked 98 yards down the field and put him in the end zone. There's some systems where, you know, we saw it with the 49ers much of the regular season. There are some systems you can plant anybody in there and it'll flourish. It doesn't happen often, but maybe, you know, maybe what Eric Bieniemy does for that offense he feels good about developing a young quarterback like that. Now, I still, as we sit here today, cannot believe that Washington is going to stay, stay committed to that quarterback. There's got to be some kind of wheeling and dealing going on, looking at a potential free agent to come in. You, you, I, I just, for the life of me, with that, with that collection of weapons they have at wide receiver and running backs, I cannot believe, especially for Ron Rivera, who's already in a hot seat because he hasn't won anything in Washington, that you would make that kind of commitment to that young quarterback. You, you, I don't see how you can do that if you have a team and, and now potentially an, a coordinator that can put you over the top if you get even a low-level vet that's going to be out there somewhere. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, yeah, they drafted it. him with the intention of him being a starter anyways. Don't Possibly. you think, Sam Howell? Well, um, but he wasn't really high on anybody's draft board. So who is this kid? I'm serious. I mean, who is this kid? Are you he, talking about Sam Howell? Yeah. Well, yeah he, Howell, he, was yeah. Good, he was a good coordinator, uh, a good quarterback at, at North Carolina. Yeah, he had, like he had if he really came out the first year, yeah. Okay, but he yeah. wasn't high on everybody's list of quarterbacks coming out of college. Well, what, no, they I'm had saying. a bad they, – he lost a lot of receivers, and they had a bad – his last year there was not good. I, I Look, I don't think he's earned anything. I, I think it's yeah. up in the air. I think they could be going – coming. look, there's still – the Jimmy G's, the Derek Carr's out there. There are guys floating around. Uh, you know, make no mistake. I, I think, I think what, when Rivera said that to me, that was more of, in case anybody was wondering, it ain't Wentz. You know, and we're moving <laughs> no, on. From, no. Honest oh, to God, that might have been the case. Yeah, and, and and we're moving on from Taylor Heineke. Thanks for your service, and and see you later. Right. That's what that was to me. Now here's what's weird: a Taylor Heineke would fit. Based on what we've seen from a Kansas City offense, a Taylor Heineke would fit an Eric Bieniemy offense in Washington. When you consider his mobility, like he likes to run around, scramble, I think in that offense, Taylor Heineke would be perfect for that offense. I just I'm not saying he would be lights out, but you got to be able to throw ultimately. And I don't think he throws well enough. I don't think he throws deep well. He throws the intermediate game fine for that offense, but the yeah. deep ball, 
you know, it's like dying quails when he throws a deep. Ball. I think he's a turnover guy too. And that's something else. I think it's gunslinger mentality, kind of like a Baker Mayfield, somebody like that takes one too many chances. Um, but you, I mean, he's a better option than Sam Howell right now. Uh, yeah. The stream has something going on here, man. It's saying that uh, they probably think Wentz going to Carolina. I don't think I don't think Ooh. anybody's gonna take that. I, I, not now, not after he, not after he. You know, I mean, he screwed him, dog, in every which way. And, Wentz uh, isn't going any. Frank Reich, <laughs> absolutely not. No, heck no, heck no. Fool me once, shame on on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Right, he's not going right. down that road. And, no. and here, the other thing is, he's not no. starting anywhere either. If he goes somewhere, it's going to be as a backup. With, Which with means I don't think he goes anywhere. Could be. But I think it's going to be – somebody's already established there, and then he goes there. You know what I mean? There's no way that he's going to compete for a starting gig. I just don't see it at all. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and you know what you, what you guys said earlier, if, if um, Washington does have some kind of interest in Derek Carr – they better make a move because Twitter's blowing up right now. The car is visiting the Jets this weekend, and, and they're saying he the car is very high on the Jets lit, list, the uh, wish list. So if Washington has an inkling they want to talk to him, they better do something quick. He's already visited the Saints. He's now going to the Jets this weekend. And if Joe Douglas wants him bad enough, he ain't leaving New York this weekend without a, without a deal in place. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I like that. Joe too. Joe, Joe can get that done. Joe has the draft capital to get that done. Um, I mean, he don't need draft capital to get it done. So I, I think that's no. Uh, I mean, if he wants, you can't to, do, you can't draft there. much better than he drafted last year. No, not at all. Ooh, Douglas, Douglas um, put on a clinic ooh. last year. Yeah, he showed you how to do it, bro. Just think about so, it, man. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Bre- just and Brees Hall, just those three. <laughs> three killers, and then they had the man. defensive end. It was a slam dunk. The defensive end, too, yeah, the right? defensive end, What's who that? I think is just going to get better Johnson. and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kidd out of Florida yeah. State. Yep, yep. Wow. Yeah. So, on point, uh, Joe Douglas, not bad. All right, this is bogus, and this is total nonsense to me. There, there's talk that the NFL is going to outlaw, the, you know, the quarterback sneak push from behind thing, the thing the Eagles kind of mastered, the, you know, where Jalen Hurts is under center, you got guys behind him sort of shoving him forward and, and picking up the, uh, the first down. Why? Because right, it was so exactly. successful, you're going to stop it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's it not an illegal formation. What's the? I bet you any problem? money, Rob. I bet you any money if it had been any other team other than the Eagles, the league wouldn't have said anything. It's crazy. Like, yeah. Why would you? What would you if, do? Why? If Andy why? was doing that, do you think it'd be outlawed? If the Chiefs nope. were great at it? Absolutely nope. Not. Absolutely not. Weird, nope. man. It's Philadelphia, strange. man. Negadelphia, baby. It's hard not to get a complex. <laughs> right. Um, Jeez. Yeah, so I don't know where, where that's going to end up, but that was that to me. I don't know what they're how they're going to justify it, but you know we'll see uh, where that goes. Uh, all right, I wanted to hit you guys with this. So there's some good pieces in place, I think, just sort of untested. We sort of touched on this in the first segment, but let, let's let's kind of revisit this thing and dig in a little bit deeper here. Um, they're good. They're potentially good. Could be a good amount of Eagles leaving if they leave. Here are some of the guys that are in place that I think could step up and be good next year for the Eagles. Cam Jurgens is one of them. And he he's on record as saying, hey, look, I just want to play. If it means taking over for Jason Kelsey, if that's what he chooses to do, great. If it means playing next to him, great. So there, there would have to be a couple things. One, th- this scenario is Kelsey comes back. 
Say Amalo walks for free agency. They plug Jurgens in at guard. Are you guys of the belief that he's up to that um, and, and can do that, even though center is probably his best position? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. He has a side size. Um, he's aggressive enough. He'd be a great guard. He'd be an even better center, but he'd be a great guard also. He'd step right in and wouldn't miss a beat as far as that offensive line. That offensive line would still be one of the top offensive lines in the league with him being there. So, yeah, he, he'll, he'll step right in. And if all else fails, you know, you still have Jack Driscoll there who right. can go in and play guard. Um, Just I looking at that Driscoll's offensive line, it's definitely pretty tackle. good. What is that? Yeah. I think Driscoll's a better guard than tackle. Me too. Me too. He's not as athletic to be out there on the edge. But I just think Cam will be right. better going there. Cam's got some decent – like, he's not a small dude like Kelsey is, you know. Uh, he's not – you know, he's, he's about six foot three, about 305. You know, Kelsey's what? He's about the same six, size. Two, he's Yeah, six, but he's three, a little lighter. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a little lighter. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, that'll do good, you know. I wouldn't okay. mind that at all. Okay. All right. Uh, Jordan I Davis, is he ready? Yes, he will be ready. He, he better, he no better be. He yeah, no choice. choice. He's got to go in there um, ready to play, man. I mean, like I said, man, he's going there. They're going to get him in there, change that diet. He'll stay there the whole entire season. Next thing you know, you know where he'll be. He'll be pimp size, bro. He'll be ready to rock and roll. Ready to that's rock our line. Roll. I think that's the line of the week, right? Would he agree with that, the, the pimp size line? That's the line of the week. <laughs> no question. No yeah. question. We're not I talking heard that, that in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to be. He's got to be ready. He you have to justify I mean, taking him where you took him. You, you uh-huh. he, he's got to be ready, and especially if you lose. You know, we don't. We don't even know if a part of the Eagles' game plan is similar to what Kansas City did going to youth movement. We don't know. Right. You know they don't. They don't have to on offense, yep. but on defense, you know, their arm. You know, you said it yesterday. They have four of the first ninety-four picks. Mm-hmm. Who's to say there won't be four rookies starting on that defense? Dumb. Nobody's that's, to say that. Just yeah. Possibility, you know. Yeah. So you know, we keep talking about who they should bring back, and and, you, and rightfully so. But they could be they could be playing with a bunch of kids back there, which would drive this Eagles fan base nuts. But you know what? It is what it is. When you consider, I mean, how often is it when you have eight nine guys at one time that could command top dollars at their positions? Mm-hmm. You know, two or three maybe, but eight or nine guys. I mean, that, that that's not heard of. Yeah. But you know what? It is what it is, especially when you got to pay that quarterback. So get, get yourself strapped in for some shocking potential shocking changes in terms of what we think we want to see from this Eagles defense compared to what the reality is, because Barrett has said it twice in two days. Look, who's, look at who's on the existing roster. Those backups could be your prominent role players in 2023. Mm-hmm. All right. Nicobe um, Dean. He's got to make it happen now. He sat back. Well, see, you know what? Nicobe was able to sit back and just look at how the game was going to be played, the speed in which the game was played. Because when he's when he was out there, it's not like he missed the beat. When he was out there, he made plays. He was in six plays. He made five tackles. So it's not like he can't play. We know the kid can play. He just the guys in front of him were veteran guys that just played better in the system than he did. He was still learning how to be an NFL pro. The Kobe Dean, he's not going. He's going to get in there and not miss a beat. He might be a monster in there. We might see, you know, um, 
a, a, a linebacker there be an impact player from day one. From day one, he might come in and just command um, attention. So I mean, I can see him doing that. You know, you, we saw how special he was in college. Then at this level, whenever they gave him a chance, you were saying his name every every play he was out there. And it wasn't like he was getting tackles 10 yards down the field. He was making tackle for losses and things of that nature. So I, I can see him coming in and immediately being a factor. Immediately. Okay. Okay. Uh, Reed Blankenship, is he ready? I he played so. enough to be ready. Yeah, he I played enough so. to be he made some good play. He made some really good plays out there for this team. He, he's a good tackler, uh, very aggressive, doesn't back down. Um, need to see a little bit more of him, and we may have to. And that's another one of those guys could be your starter. Yes. You know, don't don't count that out of the equation, you know. Um, because of money, he might be the because starter. Because of money, exactly. <laughs> you know, don't – don't. And, and from what I've seen of him, I feel decent about him right now. Now, obviously, he's got a great right. learning curve. I'm sure he played a lot more than was expected because CJ got hurt with that kidney injury. But you know what? He held up his end. He made some big plays on the back end of that defense. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes all you need is a consistent chance. So, as so, based on the limited amount of snaps I saw him play, I feel decent about putting him back there on a regular basis. All right, last one. Uh, would you bring back Gardner Minshew, or, or would you look to? Upgrade, change up the backup spot. Upgrade. Wow. I'm up. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't disagree, but when you think about the talent pool of backups that you could possibly get, is there anybody out there better than what Gardner Minshew could possibly bring to the table in terms of an already veteran who's going to be a free agent? Um, let's see. I was trying to pull it up before. Um. See who the QB free agents were. Um, Let me tell you about him, bro. Oh. Uh, Garner Minshew is a backyard type of quarterback. True. He's not a guy that's going to read defenses. He's not a guy that's going to go out there. And he can't give you some quality. He'll give you quality minutes for spot spelling a quarterback. I wouldn't start him in a game. He wouldn't be somebody I would I would trust starting in the game. From what I saw, um. I just didn't see the I didn't see what I I thought I was gonna see. I expected more out of what I saw. Um well I, I expect more of what I saw two years ago. I didn't see this last year. I didn't see it. Okay. I mean, I don't know what I'm else with he could you, do. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm ready to move on. Okay, so here here's a list of, of the free agent potential free agent quarterbacks. And I'll give you the ages real quick. Sam Darnold, twenty five. Bridgewater, 30. Case Keenum, nope. 35. Nope. Mason Rudolph, 27. Yes. Jacoby Brissett, 30. Uh, Joe Flacco, 38. Andy Dalton, 35. Mike White, 28. C.J. Beathard, 29. Kyle Allen, 27. Taylor Heineke, 30. Uh, Blaine Gabbreth, 33. Chase Daniel, 36. Chad Henney, well, he announced his retirement. Nick Mullins, 27, almost 28. Brandon Allen, Josh Johnson, Nate Sudfeld, Nathan Peterman, Jeff Driscoll. Any of them jump out at you? Yeah, I mean, I should have stopped at Nathan Peterman. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not a great, there's a reason they're backups. It's it's not a yeah. great uh, lot there, that's right. for sure. Uh, let's get a break. Let's come back and we will turn our sights to Clearwater, Florida. We will talk some Phillies with the one and only Ben Davis. 
He's Barrett. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you right now about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, you got storm season upon us, hurricane season, some nasty weather. It's a great time to have your trees evaluated. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work or more information. Give Flynn Tree Services a call. 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Philadelphia fans. We're cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Hondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
Oh man, hope springs eternal and we are almost there, people. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Take, Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Joining us now, I see that face, man, and I just think baseball, baby. I think baseball pitchers and catchers have reported. To it's right here. Water, and it's the one and only Ben Davis. What's happening, Ben? How you doing, fellas? What's up, man? I thought you were a little depressed, man, but hey. I know. I'm I'm still I'm right there with you. Uh it's a, that was uh just a not a fun way to end a, a great season. Right, yeah, right, right. Sure. You know, we I mean we we're 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 0 and 2 this year, you know, with, with the Phillies and now the Eagles. But hey, you guys are right 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 back at the doorstep. Isn't it funny how fast time flies? Like you you just you just got out of a, a World Series and now you're back into it already, man. It is hard to believe, but that's what happens when you play in the November. Um, I just yeah. I can't believe it. it's 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 ready. Uh, they're going to be starting the WBC shortly, and uh, you know so we'll have actual live baseball games before you know it. Uh, I'm heading right. down next Friday, our first broadcast Saturday, which is just it blows my mind. It doesn't Jeez, seem like God. these guys had enough time to prepare and get their bodies back to where they need to be after having such a long extended postseason. But um, knowing these guys, I think they'll be ready to rock and roll. Mm. Well, Ben, let me ask you. Um, I thought this was interesting. Manny Machado has said he'll opt out after the 23 season. You look back now at that Harper deal, and I know we can't start the season with the elbow and, and all that, but, man, uh, as much as we all kind of lost our mind when we heard the 13 years and all that, it's looking pretty darn good now, isn't it? Yeah, even John Milton said, uh, you know, he, he, got the, the, he got him for cheap. Uh, he's, he's, getting, he's underpaid. And but yeah, it does look really good. And I think you know Bryce Harper found a spot that he wanted to play, and uh, that's where he is right now. And uh, it's it's a great deal. I know it's a long time; it's an awful long time. But if you look at it, I mean, he is the heart of the ball club, and he's the guy that's going to be here and and wants to win. He loves the city. Obviously, the fans have really embraced him, and uh, he's just been he's just been a godsend to this to this ball club and um, a, a great addition. Obviously, but with Machado. We kind of figured he would opt out. We heard of that in San Diego last season saying most likely he's going to opt out. You know, he's going to go somewhere else. He said the market has changed. Yes, the market has definitely changed. And Machado thinks he can get more elsewhere. He's going to take that opportunity. Hey, Ben, the Phillies did an, an unbelievable job this offseason in terms of making his team stronger uh, in areas that needed to get stronger for the upcoming season. Let's start with the pitching. Of, of the pitching arms they've added to this roster, which one, which one really intrigues you the most? I think Gregory Soto, um, if you look at it, you know, we saw the contract extension of, of Alvarado today. He got the three-year deal. Uh, mm -hmm. You look at 98% of all fastballs by left-handers left that were thrown over 100 miles last year. 98% of them were thrown by Soto and Alvarado. That Jeez. just blows my mind. Um, I think it's a great addition. He's a guy that can close. We've seen him close in Detroit. You know, um, there's, there's lots of opportunities for him. He's obviously a big arm, but – I think it was a great addition to this ball club, the back end of this uh, bullpen. And, I, you know, I think that Dave Dombrowski, I, I wouldn't put it past him to even go out and get another piece. It's just the way he is. If he thinks mm. he can make the ball club better, he's going to do it. Mm. Man, looking yeah. at, I'm, I'm looking okay. at that lineup, man, just looking at the lineup. And, I, I, I mean, this has come wave upon wave, you know. I mean, we have Derek Hall. He's, he's going to DH this year. Power, another year in this system. Uh, you know, you got Castellanos, Marsh, Schwarber. Now Turner in the lineup, Bomb is going to get a little better. Stott's going to get a little. Reese Hoskins, real 
man, we it seems like we have offense for days now. Do you think that'll be what this team is going to be built on? Their bread and butter, the offensive side of the ball as opposed to defense? Yeah, I mean, I know it is cliche and it is very cliche, but you do win with pitching and defense. You look at what the Astros had last year. I know they have, but man, their starting rotation was ridiculous. Their bullpen was unhittable. And I think that's what, you know, you have, you're going to have to win with, especially in October and, and early November. So, uh, but they are going to score some runs. I think there's a couple guys in this lineup that have to prove some points. I think Cassianos is going to come back and have a bounce back year. I think he's got a lot to prove because he didn't have a good year last year. That's the bottom line. He hit 13 home runs. The last home run he hit was in mid-August. So he's mm. got some, some things to, to obviously iron out and get better. And it paid him, and he's got four more years here you know, with another $80 million on the table. So uh, he's got some, some issues to, to resolve. But I think overall, yes, Barrett, to answer your question, they're going to score a lot of runs, and they're going to do it in a lot of different ways. They're not just going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, they're going to steal some bases. But these new rule changes, I look for, you know, for Turner to steal possibly 60 bases. Honestly, wow. that's how fast this guy Ooh. is. He's such a dynamic uh, guy at the top of the lineup, and I hope he does. Uh, start at the top of the lineup and move Schwarber down. I uh, hope he does lead off, but that's yet to be determined. We'll see what um, we'll see what happens. Ben, uh, I got to ask you about Andrew Painter, man. Nineteen years old, and what I love about this is the Phillies really haven't shied away from saying, "Yeah, he's got a shot here." Like this is an open competition, and he absolutely is involved. Most of the time, you hear nineteen, you're like, "We'll get him seasoned a little bit more, etc." They're not saying that. Like he's got a real shot. Do, do you? You believe he could make the team coming out of uh, spring training? I do believe he can make it, uh, especially if there were happened. Unfortunately, if there were happened to be an injury of some sort to one of the other guys, I think it's a possibility. Uh, we've talked about um, we talked about. I, I put a lot of stock in in what certain guys in the organization say. And one of those guys is Dickie. Um, mm-hmm. Dickie's, I think, I just I just really respect what he says. And he works a lot with the minor league guys, obviously, and he travels here and there. He said that Painter and Abel are able to go through a lineup, and he believes at the big league level, then go through a lineup with just this fastball the first time through. And that says a lot because a lot of the guys that get called up to the big leagues, they're just hard throwers. They have no command. But he says the way these guys can, can command their fastball, especially Painter, that, that, you know, that could prove a lot in, down the road. And uh, you have a guy that's that young, and that's something that the Phillies have been so reluctant to do. In years past, they, they're just say, okay, he's got to go to here. He's got to go here. He's got to go here. And then maybe we'll bring him up. Uh, that's not something that Dave Dombrowski, he said, listen, if he's ready to go, then he's ready to go, and we're, we're going to bring him up. Uh, I talked to Dave last year Natty, for at length. Uh, he was holding a little press conference, not press conference, but he was talking to a lot of reporters, and he said that he doesn't want to compare him to, to Justin Verlander, but it's pretty much the same type thing. Justin Verlander was a very hard thrower. He came up, he wasn't. He, he wasn't um, as polished, but he was able to just get by with his fastball a lot. And that's something that Painter, I think, is going to be able to do. He said he thinks he possibly has the makeup to be someone like a Justin Verlander. And that is very high praise, who was, a, in my mind, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm still thinking at this point that Swerber, they're going to try to keep him confident and, and keep him at that number one spot. What would you move him? Would you put him in the three hole, four hole? Where would you put him at? I might even put him in the five hole, to be honest with oh. you, Barrett. Um, you know, the two hole, it might be an opportunity for him there, but um, you know, the, and once Harper gets back, then you're going to have right, left, left if you put him in that two hole. But I think you're going to have, 
you know, it, it could be an opportunity there. Um, I just think Turner, it's just, I just think he's, he just is going to be better. I mean, I think if Schwarber hit what he hit last year, 46 home runs, something mm-hmm. like that, 40, and he had 92 RBIs. It's hard to hit that many home runs and not drive in 100 runs. So mm-hmm. I think if you can move him down, get that back, get got some guys on base, and then he can hit that three-run homer. I think it's going to be, it's going to be better for the ball club. And having said that, we know that Rob Thompson said Kyle Schwarber likes to hit leadoff. Does Kyle Schwerber write the lineup? No, but I think he puts a lot of stock in what his right. where his players feel comfortable. So we'll see what happens. Well, if you if you moved if, if you did move Schwerber to that five hole, do as 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 talented as this roster looks on paper, is there a definitive leadoff batter for them, or is is, is it? Yeah, like- I, I think Trey Turner's the guy. I think yeah, he's okay. I think he's the guy. He, he can he can beat you with it with his speed. He can beat you. You know, he's a 300 hitter every year. Um, he can beat you with, with his legs, as I just said. But he can also, you know, go up top. He has the ability to hit the long ball. Um, you know, we heard Bryce Harper say last year, Trey Turner is my favorite baseball player. Mm. And, yeah. I mean, I think that speaks a lot of volumes. And uh, I think he's a big reason why Trey Turner is here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And we know if Bryce uh, has some say that it's probably getting done. So, well, you know, Real Muto uh, case in point. Uh, ben, let me ask you about Alec Bohm. Uh, we saw him really come on, man. And night and day from a fielding you know, perspective and, and a lot of other things. But he's, he's bulked up. He's put on 15. I don't bulked up is the right word. But he's put 15 pounds of muscle into a skinny frame. What do you expect from him this year for a full season? Because we saw an incredible growth from him last year. Honestly, Rob, if, if I got – I mean, I'd like to see him hit the ball out of the ballpark a few more times, and I think that will come because he's just – he's a big dude. He's a really big guy. Um, but I'd be happy if he had the same year. I know you always want to get better year by year. But, I mean, he was spectacular for the Phillies, especially down the stretch. I mean, the guy just – he's a pure hitter first and foremost. And I'll take that guy on my team any day of the week than a guy that has the – um, you know, the ability to hit it, launch a ball every now and again. He's a, he's a, he's a pure hitter. He uses the whole field. Obviously the shift doesn't come into play this year and never came into play for him because he just hit the ball where it was pitched. Um, he came, defensively, he was definitely uh, more than serviceable by the time the season ended. He worked his tail off. I loved what he did and the fact that he didn't let the fans get to him. Uh, he didn't let himself get to him. And he just went out there and played baseball. And, you know, he really got better from a mental aspect. Uh, I was I was proud of him. I was happy for him because uh, if you make those 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 mistakes in this town, they'll let you know, and they let him know about it. But he did not let it get to him. It shows that what he's made of and what he believes in himself. But um, I think if he can hit a couple more homers, I, I'd be happy with that. But you know, I was very pleased with the season he had last year. What's Reese Hoskins? Reese Hoskins, yeah, yeah he, so that he was such a freaky player, yeah. What you think Dombrowski will have as much patience with him this year as he did last year? Do you think every day, every week might be the rumor out there, hey, they're looking to trade him, looking to move him, something like that? I think Dave Dombrowski's keeping his, his eyes and ears open. Um, again, I would not put anything past Dave Dombrowski to make a move. If he feels he can make the ball club better by trading Reese Hoskins, then he's going to do it. If he feels that he can get something back for him that's going to benefit the Philadelphia Phillies, then he's going to be on the move. Um, you know, obviously he's going to be a free agent at, at the end of the season. Um, there's a lot going on out there, but he is extremely streaky, uh, very frustrating at times. I think mostly from a, a defensive standpoint, uh, he just, you know, he works at it. He does. He I'm out there every day. He works at it, but just something happens in the game where it just doesn't go well for him defensively. 
from an offensive standpoint, he can carry a ball club. But when he's really hot, he's extremely hot. But when he's cold, he's extremely cold. And ben, let me ask you about the rules changes and which one you think will have the, the biggest impact on baseball. The shift, there's the pitch clock, uh, you know, the bases that now look like pizza boxes. You know, wh- which of, of the rules changes that we've seen that are going to take place this year do you think will have the biggest impact in the game? And, and are you for or against any? Which, which ones do you like? Which ones don't you like? First of all, I'll, I'll answer that question in one second. Have you guys ever seen the meme of Ricky Henderson? You know when he when he broke Lou Brock's record and he gets to third base and he holds up the base? I'm, I'm Have the you greatest. seen the meme with Ricky hold up the big base with the new league? <laughs> it is yeah. hilarious. I saw yeah, that again yeah. the other day, and the base yeah. like barely fits in the frame in the photo. It is so. Have funny. you seen the one but where Altuve anyway. is standing on the on the new um, base? He, he he's like a little uh, like figure figure. <laughs> Altuve is like this size, and the bag is is like the size of the world. But anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. He's like a man on an island. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I don't think the base. I mean, I, I don't see the reason for. They say it's for safety. I think it's all fluff. To be honest with you, uh, it's going to obviously make the base pass a little bit shorter. I was watching the video on it last night uh, about how it's off. You know, it's going to be off by a certain amount of inches, first to second, second to third. Um, I don't think it's going to have that big a difference. I think the two things that are going to have the biggest difference are the pitch timer and the. Um, the, the throwing over rule. I think it's someone like Aaron Nola. He's he once someone gets on base, he can be very methodical. And if he's out there and the pitch timer goes off, uh, you know, then it's going to be a ball or he throws over too many times. It's going to be a ball. So that is something that's really going to come into play. And I think that'll change the, the running game a little bit. Um, I mean, let's face it just because if say they throw over whatever, that doesn't mean Reese Hoskins is going to go out and steal 25, 30 bases. It just doesn't mean that, but you know, I think it uh, could put some guys into motion a little bit more. Maybe you see a couple more hit and runs. Um, but I think the pitch timer, you look at someone like Brad Hand, who's not with the Phillies anymore, but I think last year he was averaging like 50 to 55 seconds in between his pitch. I mean, Jeez. he took forever on the mound, right? So if you have a veteran guy like that, that is so accustomed to taking his time, rubbing the ball up, doing that, walking around the mound, that's really going to affect these guys. So I think that's going to really be a, a big factor. And they're going to implement it from day one in spring training, and they said they will enforce it. I think it's going to be great for the game. Um, I think it actually might help some of these pitchers because they're, they're going to be under the gun. No offense, Derek. But they're going to, <laughs> they're going to be under the gun. I knew he was going to get a shot in sooner or later. <laughs> they're going to be under the gun and say, you know what, oh, there's my sign. i got to throw this pitch. I think it's going to take a lot of thinking out of it for some of these players. I think these guys think too much. I think right. it might benefit some of these guys that just put so much emphasis on every pitch. Get it and throw it. When I caught Mark Burley in, in Chicago, he would go into his lineup before I even put a sign down. And he just he never <laughs> shook anybody off. And he was so competitive. But he had conviction in each and every pitch that he threw. But he wasn't out there thinking a whole lot. So I think it's going to help these guys out tremendously. Well, that's going to lead now. I mean, all right, Rob Thompson, the skipper. He's going into it. He's the guy. He's the starter now. You know what I'm saying? He's the guy. You think he's going to change anyway in how he approaches the game? You know, what does he think he's going to do? I mean, great season last year, but now he's the guy guy going into this year. Yeah, um, I think he's going to keep it the same. I think, again, with some of the rule changes, I think he might, you know, he's an old school guy. I think he might put some guys into motion a little bit more. I'm not saying they're going to try and steal a lot of bases. But I think this, for certain guys, they might put a hit on guys that can handle the bat, like Alec Bohm, that can shoot the ball to right field, might see some more first and thirds 
putting guys in motion. I think that's really the only way he's going to change a whole lot. I don't think he has to change a whole lot. I mean, the way they played last year, especially obviously into the postseason, um, I think they learned a lot from themselves and learned a lot from Rob Thompson. And they can take that and, and use it for their, you know, to be a positive force moving forward. You know, the fact that they're going to try robotic umpires in the minor leagues this year, if, if it is successful, how, how quickly do you think it'll, it'll arrive at the major league level? That's a great question. And something I've gone back and forth with, I'd like to see it stay as it is. But if it does, they have to get rid of the little box on the screen because mm-hmm. it always is open to interpretation. There's always going to be doubt to the viewer. There's always going to be doubt, you know, to, to the ball clubs that are watching and saying, I, you know, I just went back, looked at it. It was outside the box. You missed it. Or it was inside the box. You missed it. Um, so I think from that aspect, you know, something has to be done because everything is, is, is going to be judged. Um, having said that, it would take eliminate a lot of doubt uh, from, you know, some of these guys. It would make, obviously, the catching job that much easier because now you don't have to worry about framing pitches or bringing them back or getting underneath pitches uh, like we see JT Romito, all these guys do. Basically, you're just going to have to catch it and throw it back. You don't have to worry about making it look good to the umpire. Um, so from that aspect, you know, if it happens, it happens. But if, if it doesn't happen at the big league level, then they got to do something about, you know, making it look the way it does to the, to the viewer. Mm. Ben, they were able to not only survive but thrive in a lot of ways when Bryce Harper was out last year. It was pretty remarkable what they were able to do. But, you know, you're dealing with this again for at least half a season. We don't know at what point he'll be back in the field either. With the additions they made, Turner, some of the other guys, do you feel like they're in a position to be able to survive that again and get through that without him for that for that chunk of time? I think so. I think they definitely have the pieces. And I think that, you know, when he went out last year, I think these guys kind of rallied around him and said, hey, we know Bryce isn't going to be in the lineup. We got to we got to do better. We have to be, um, you know, we, they have to have better bats and, and score more runs. And they did that. And they were able to stay afloat while he was out. I think he'll be back a little bit sooner than than what people say. I think the all-star break is maybe a little too far in the, in, in the distance. I think if you're looking at it, you know, having gone through Tommy John myself, he's a guy that he's a two-hand finish guy. So he's not going to put a whole lot of stress. If he was a one-hand finish guy like a Manny Machado, um, you know, he's a two-hand finish guy. So he's not going to put that much stress on that elbow. I was I started hitting way way before I started throwing after having mm-hmm. Tommy John. Okay. So, you know, Bryce Harper, we've seen him come back before a lot sooner than what we expected. So I think he can be back a little bit sooner than what they're saying. Mm. That's interesting. Um, okay. Okay. I, I'll, I want to follow up with this one, Ben. Um, mentioned Rob Thompson. It's one thing when you're sort of the interim, you take over, there's not maybe as much the, the thought or forethought and all that. I'm not saying Rob doesn't think everything out, but. How different is it for him now in that second role, second year now that he knows he's the guy, that the players know that he's the guy? How much, how much easier does that make it? What's is there a bigger challenge there? What's it like for him now entering knowing he's the man? I, I think he's going to be a little bit more relaxed, and he's pretty relaxed as it is. But I think going into the season, he knows the players love him, and I mean he's great with us. He's great with his players. They always know where they stand, and that's pretty much all you can ask out of your manager. Mm-hmm. He is always forward thinking. He's not a guy that has his nose in the binder all the time. He goes with his gut, I think, a little bit more than what we see some managers do. So I think from that aspect, it's it's going to be easier for him. And good Lord, he's got the pieces to work with. That's oh, sure. man, you're absolutely so I, right. Anything, yeah. his ball club is more improved from last year. So I think it's going to be even easier for him to manage. He's going to be very comfortable. He knows he's got that 
that three-year deal. And, you know, I found it, I guess, ironic, you could say, that he said he was going to hang him up after last year. Yeah. He said, you know, if he didn't get the head coaching job somewhere, he had had enough. He had done enough. He had seen enough. And he said, yeah, I'm just going to go live my life. He ends up getting this opportunity, and we see where it has taken him. Uh, he's a great baseball man, and I'm very happy that he's at the, at the helm for the Phils. Who's going to be your closer next year? Who's going to be your closer next year? Is it Sir Anthony? I mean, who's going to be your closer? Who would you say would be the closer? Or are they going to do it like they did last year by committee, the filling, you know, just like you're talking about his feelings going into uh, telling the games? I think if someone really stands out, whether that be in spring training or to start the season, maybe Kimbrough comes in and he throws the heck out of the baseball. He's got his confidence back. He's got his command back. Maybe he's a guy that you can lean on it and just in the ninth inning. But I think it's going to be by a committee thing. If, if you have – if you have to put out a fire in the eighth inning and you have to go get your guy that you think could possibly close that day, but you need to put that fire out in the eighth inning or maybe in the seventh inning, the two outs, then that's going to be, you know, that's, I know it's technically not a save situation, but that could very much save the game um, by putting that fire out. So I think it to start, I think it's going to be a by committee. If someone really starts to stand out and says, man, this guy's lights out. We got, we got two, three, four coming up against the Padres. We know we can go to this guy and get the W. So um, I, I think if someone really stands out that they can do it, but I think as as the season starts, it's going to be by committee. I like that way. Hey, I mean, he did great last year with that. Uh-huh. I agree. Hey, I agree. Hey Ben, let me ask you this hypothetical: with this roster the way it's structured right now, as we know it, would this would this nucleus have beaten Houston in the World Series? No. You don't think so? Still? No. Yeah. That, that that pitching staff. Well, now that Verlander's gone um, from Houston, that, that pitching staff. You say what you want about their lineup. Their lineup is good. It's not as good as the Phillies. But that pitching staff was ridiculous. You know, I remember sitting there watching some of the games in the studio, and I'm thinking, I mean, it looks like they were playing wiffle, some wiffle ball. I mean, making the ball go every which way. And it's like, it's like, how do you hit this? And one thing I never like to do is give a, a, an opposing pitcher that much credit. You know, but sometimes you just got to say, man, that guy was flat out better than me today. But they have so many of those guys that are in the starting rotation, in that bullpen. Like, where do they find these guys? Yeah. They were lights out, almost unhittable at times. So from that aspect, I, I'm going to say no because of that pitching staff and how stinking good the Astros pitching staff is. No, you're right. And that's the thing. It's head to toe. It was their starters. And every reliever, you were like, this guy now? Now you got to deal with this guy? It yep. was – they did a remarkable job putting that together. And I think – I, I think the Philly – last thing I want to ask you. You said, and, and Rob Thompson mentioned that he thinks that, uh, by the way, just just so you know, Ben, that uh, likely Trey Turner will be the uh, the leadoff man. Yep. But for people who maybe aren't super familiar with him, you know, saw him from the outside, tell us what he brings to the table to a team. Well, you, everyone talks about the, the five-tool player. What is a five-tool player? It's, you know, he can beat you five different ways. He can beat you with power. He can beat you with average. He can speak, beat you in the field. He can beat you with speed. I mean, he. there's nothing the guy can't do. And he beats you with base running. He's just – he can take over ball game because he can do all those things. And it's not like he does – it's not like he hits for average like it's an okay average. It's above average. It's not like he's, you know, a decent runner. He is one of the fastest guys in the league. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's going to hit 12 to 15 home runs. I mean, he is a possible – he could hit 30. So, from that aspect, and wait to see his athleticism in the field. I mean, this guy can do it all. And I think, um, you know, I know he signed for a lot of years and a lot of money. But what he's going to bring to this ball club, I mean, this city's going to fall in love with him. There's nothing he can't do. He's very confident. I think he's going to be very confident in this in these surroundings. 
And uh, listen, he played obviously in the world championship team with Washington. He played out in, in uh, LA for a couple of years. So he's used to that kind of pressure and he's going to come here and I'm telling you, he's going to thrive. Yeah, I can't wait, man. And uh, sorry, so you're on the call a week from tomorrow, man. That is nuts. That's crazy. That's crazy. Nuts. Yeah, so I'm going down uh, next Friday. We, I have the first five. We're only broadcasting 13 games. So I have the first five. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it so much to get down there. I got my reservation. I got my plane ticket, so I'm ready to go. All I have to do is pack. Awesome. Can man. I sleep on the couch, bro? Let me get on the couch, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, 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 there, is there anywhere for you to go hunting down in Clearwater? Hunting. Will you be hunting for anything in Clearwater? No, I will not, but I might get a I might wet the line a little bit. You know, we'll see. There you go. Oh, see. There you go. There we go. Yes. Yes. We shall see. Yeah. All right, so. Ben. Listen, man. Safe travels out there. We're looking forward to talking Appreciate during the season, bro. man. Thanks Enjoy so much, yourself. guys. Great seeing your faces. All right, Love brother. Ben Davis, uh, the great Ben Davis. Yeah, unbelievable, great man. Dude, man. A week from now, I'm excited, tomorrow. man. I, he he oh. just turned. He just turned the page. Now the page is now turned. Let's yeah. go Phillies now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, all right, let's come back. Let's talk some NFL, guys. Uh, we'll, get, we'll give you an update on a couple stories that are that are happening, wh- who may be going where. Uh, we're also going to dig in on some teams with question marks, teams that are close, <clears throat> but some question marks. We'll do that as well. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek. He's Barrett. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time to talk to you about Razor technology. Yes, razor technology, because protecting data is a security imperative for businesses of all sizes. Choose a partner like razor technology with expertise in the latest threats and proactive tools to lock down every endpoint with the zero trust approach that makes certain only authorized users can gain access to your systems. Razor technology delivers enterprise wide insight into every component of a security plan across identity devices, information apps, and infrastructure with threat prioritized recommendations. They design, deploy, manage, and monitor security solutions that enable modern businesses to safely communicate, collaborate, and thrive in the modern marketplace where they are working in person or remotely on internal infrastructure or in the cloud and every possible hybrid arrangement. Choose Razor Technology to protect your digital assets, establish an organization-wide security posture, enforce safe practices for identity and access management and secure hybrid and remote workforces. Call Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. fans were cut from a different cloth 
born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name's Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Yes, 2 o'clock, hour number three of the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Just wrap things up with Ben Davis. A little bit earlier, we had Ray Didinger on. If you missed any of those interviews, go to jacobsports.com, go to Jacob Sports YouTube channel, uh, and you can check them out, as well as our shows in their entirety. All right, gents, so uh, a little NFL talk here. Derek Carr uh, is visiting with the New York Jets today. Of course, he was released by the Raiders uh, officially on Tuesday. Uh, he declined to waive his no trade clause just before they were to pay him more than 40 million, which meant they part, they parted ways there. He's on the market. Uh, he would certainly be an upgrade from, you know, the, the combo effort of Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. Although I didn't think Mike White was that bad personally. Um, but do you like this fit? What's that be? They won with him. They did win with him. You're right. You're right. Do you like him as a fit there? Uh, Carr, yeah, I think Carr will be good. I, they just need any semblance of a quarterback there yeah. to have that team rock, rocking and rolling. I mean, defensively, they're studs. Um, the running game, well, Breland, he's back now. Uh, all they need is a quarterback to actually manage the game, and Carr is better than a game manager. So, I mean, it could be, it could, it could bode well for that team. In fact, they might be competing in that um division if that happens. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, think about that division right now, right? So you have uh, a Miami team that we're not really sure about because of Tua's situation. Right. You have New England, who was 8-9 and nine last year. Yeah, they made some changes. They got a real offensive coordinator. Maybe that changes things. I don't know. And then you have Buffalo, who's who's the cream of the crop for sure. But, you know, what's to say you can't be a 10-win a team in that division and be a wild Are they? Team? Are they the cream of the crop at this point? In that division, yeah. But in the AFC, no. I, I think in the AFC, they got a lot to prove now. 
Me too. Uh, you know, I, I just didn't think that I, I know number one, Miami doesn't fear them at all. The Jets don't fear them at all. Right. The uh, you know, the Patriots just suck. So I mean at this point, you know, two of the three teams I, I think will get with them. They'll get with the Buffalo. So it's it's not far like that's gonna be one of the most competitive divisions also. That division, if they sign a a any quarterback worth their salt, even when a Jimmy G goes there, if he if he goes there and entertains them, they could be a much better quarterback, be a much better team with that quarterback also. Mm-hmm. So they just need some semblance of a quarterback there to really take them to the next level. How about you, Gunner? You put Derek Carr in that offense with the Jets. They will they they will they will push Buffalo for the division title. There's no question about it. Wow. I think Derek Carr gets a bum rap because he's had to do a lot on his own with, with that Raiders organization. Mm-hmm. Um, as good as that offense has been under Derek Carr, the defense has never really panned out for them. Even when they got the extra pieces, it still never panned. And that put, I think they put a lot more pressure on them um, in a lot of ways to do more great things. And, of course, as we see with quarterbacks, when you try to do too much, more times than not, you're going to make a mistake with the football. But he's got the arm strength. He's got the mobility. He's got the smarts. And that's all the Jets need. They need somebody to drive the bus because right now that that bus has been veering out of control. And when you look at the wealth of talent they have on a Jets team right now, now is their time to make a move. You put Derek Carr there offense, the Jets are a legit playoff team next season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, it's where you're not asking him to do maybe as much as they did at some points in Oakland and or Vegas. Um, I definitely think he's a big upgrade. I, I, you know, there's the option of Jimmy G there's the option of Derek Carr, you know, some of the other guys who are sort of floating around out there. What about A-Rod trying to go there? A-Rod, right. For sure. I mean, A-Rod to me, ideally is, is the direction that I would go if I were them. Right. Um, the direction a lot of people go. <laughs> yeah. But it just feels like, I don't know. I mean, Rogers, let's go there for a minute. What's your gut telling you with Rogers? I think he's just trying to make a power move. Uh, he's not going anywhere. He's going to stay there. They, they can't afford to let him go anywhere. It will count too much against their cap, number one. It's not a cap-friendly deal. The only way they can do that is if he decides to make it a cap-friendly deal. And he's too selfish to do that. So I think A-Rod stays there. He's going to – and and actually, their quarter, the, the backup quarterback, Love, he's going to end up leaving, man. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, but, you know, I, I was looking at the stream, and I'm looking at – you know, uh, Brandon Katz said that uh, they don't have receivers. I, I don't know, man. I mean, look, they got Garrett Wilson, number one draft choice last year. Really, really good player. Started coming to his own. Corey Davis is, is a big physical wide receiver. I think he can still get back to it. Elijah Moore is a cat quick um, receiver that can push the ball down the field. And then they have the bum, Denzel Mims, but he's still a big receiver if they try to get him going. <laughs> the bum. The bum. The bum. But, so, yeah, but, but, but what they have, man, is Brees Hall. That's 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 all they need right there. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty good offense, man. Plus their offensive line is okay. So I don't know, man. I mean, how, how, how do you guys look at their weapons? I, 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 don't, I don't think they have great weapons necessarily, but I think they have good enough weapons to compete. Yeah, and and if they stay true to your run game, I think you can you can have a lot of success. And that defense is good enough to put you in short fields. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd be a good spot for Carr, actually. And I, look, you're going to have a guy who wants to prove himself, who's going to be hungry, who's ticked off at the way things played out in, in, in Vegas. 
I, I'd be okay. I mean, look, as I said, Rogers priority, but I'd probably go Carr over Jimmy G from the Jets. I would too. I would. I would too. I would. You would or wouldn't? I would definitely. I would. Oh. I would definitely take Carr over Jimmy G, and, and I like Jimmy G. Um, I like what he does. I like the way he manages an offense. He's not. He's not a wild wow factor in an offense, but I like it. Derek Carr in the right situation could be a wild wow factor quarterback. You know, but again, um, anytime anybody mentions Derek Carr's name, there's always a negative attached to it because he's failed to get over that hump in Oakland. Maybe he needs just to get out of that scenario and get a fresh start in somebody else's offense to see what he's capable of doing. And I would say the, the, the Jets wide receiving core as a whole is not great, but it's better than average. And Wilson's you know? going to get better. And, yeah, yeah exactly. Wilson's a lot better. Yeah. And Corey Davis, yeah, I, I equate him to what we have in Philly in AJ Brown. He, him, they play together. He's kind of that same build. You know, it came out the same year, and he's one of that same build, big, you know, thick receivers. You know, that uh, get that can go out there and, and out Debo smaller DBs. He's that type of player. Elijah Moore is just cat quick, man. He's just a fast receiver. Um, I. I mean, you put Carr there, I think they'll be a really, really, really good team because he's an upgrade over Mike White and Joe Flacco. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, what do they do with Wilson? Uh, I, what I do you th- do with Wilson? You know what Bye. I think, Barry? Well, I don't think he can play, all right? But I I think he's going to be on their roster next year. I never thought he could play. Remember, I told you yeah, guys you didn't when like he was him out. Jump. Yeah, yeah, I like he's not a to me. He's they not. They bought a, way too NFL much into his athleticism rather right. than what kind of quarterback he was. And it scared me to death that the Eagles were trying to trade up for him. Why? From one I would, workout, I would, I would put his name out there as possible trade bait to see if I can get some mid round picks for him. I could Nobody bait. wants that. I I could bait. Hey, I've seen yeah. some dumb trades made in the NFL. I I. I, I yeah, exactly. I cut bait on him real quick. Get him out of there. Yeah. I don't want as a front office person. I don't want you asking me questions about him in the off season. <laughs> I don't want his name mentioned in the building. Let him go. Let him go hunt somewhere else in another state. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, here's what I here's a, a bold prediction here. Three years. Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz are out of their respective sports. Ooh. Wow. That's Three a, years from a, now? That's a good one. We'll that's a good one. We'll three see. years from now. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're doing uh, the show in three years. We'll be talking about it. We'll yeah. be doing the show in three years. Carson will have a Carson will have a luxurious hunting camp. Well, they'll both time. be they'll both be fine. Neither one of them are gonna be, you know. Neither one both of them yeah. are so rich and ain't paying yeah. attention. They ain't paying attention. Carson so- will have his hunting camp and, and Ben Simmons will be off of the Netherlands somewhere, doing something on a boat one day fishing. I in the see back him one of those, with yeah. a supermodel. Yep. No, I, I see him in like Holland, Yulehu in the mountains, <laughs> eating chocolates hey, or something. You know, <laughs> he, he might he might be in Amsterdam hitting the local spots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear <laughs> you. Know, right. Testing all the cuisine in, in Amsterdam. Hey, and different meet, flavors. Meet, meet, meeting up with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Hey, right, 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 right. Uh-huh. Sitting on a stump somewhere. So speaking of Rodgers, his teammate, at least for right now, Aaron Jones, he has agreed to restructure his uh, contract with the Packers. He's reduced his salary in 2023. He was scheduled to make $16 million. They're going to cut that by $5 million in exchange for a signing bonus of 
uh, as part of his total package of 11 million. I, I know it's like a lot of moving parts there, but uh, he is under contract for 20 million uh, total, which included a $7 million roster bonus next month, $8.1 million salary. And needless to say at, at that position, it makes sense to do this. He's still getting yep. paid. Uh, I think you're going to start seeing the Eagles doing these kind of deals to, to try to free up some money. Absolutely. They Absolutely. have to. Oh, they have to. And, and don't be surprised if once again for the third time in his tenure, Lane Johnson is a part of that. Lane has always been management friendly in terms of how can I help you as long as you're helping me? Mm-hmm. You yep. know? So Lane has restructured twice already. And, and how he knows that if you're going to make a competitive roster, not just a competitive offense, you need help along the way. Now, for the most part, if you think about it, outside of Lane, they really don't have any big number players on the roster that you really have to worry about restructuring in a lot of ways. And I'm talking about all the players, the 20 players we've talked about who are potential free agents right now. You know Brandon Graham's coming back on the cheap. If they keep him, he's coming back on the cheap. Josh Sweat's number's not really killing him. Um, Barnett's numbers are not really killing him. Offensive line, if Kelsey doesn't come back, offensive line's not really going to kill him financially. Right. right. They can be in really good shape if you think about it. Cornerbacks, if they lose all these DBs, that's a lot of cap space back there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so, you know, then they're, they're in a situation where they don't have to worry about asking a lot of people to restructure. If you really think about it, it's just a matter of who you're going to bring in to replace what's, what's about to depart from this team. Yeah, right. I hear you. I hear you, man. Uh, all right. So that's uh, that's one of the uh, one of the first restructurings we're hearing. Travis Kelsey, I guess, to the victors go the spoils. will be hosting Saturday Night Live on March 4th. So that's would that be a week? A week from this one, two weeks from this Saturday. Jeez, less than two weeks. My goodness. Yeah. So he will be uh, hosting Saturday Night Live. You got to imagine there's a Jason appearance, right? Or cameo. Have to. Has Have to be, to. right? Yep. At some point. Yep. I mean, it'd be only fair, bro. You, you, bro. Those, those two are so funny because they're such polar opposites. Bro. Yeah. They, they couldn't be. They couldn't be more opposite than each other, man. And and mom just sits there and smiles and looks at him. You know, she just smiles and looks at him, man. Yeah. You know, she knows she has a, she has a, you know, she has a perfect combination of boys, man. She's, you know, it's both sons playing in the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Yeah. Against each other. That's crazy. Both are going to go to the Hall of Fame, too. It's, it's yeah. really yeah. remarkable, man. It really is. I want to watch just for the entertainment value alone, because you just never know what Travis Kelsey might say. So, um, you know, he's such. He's such an off-the-cuff individual in terms of comment, spontaneity. Unlike his his brother, who's more calculated, more reserved. Man, I, I just want to see how far they let him go in terms of being him. Obviously, a lot scripted. But yeah. in terms of just being him, I can't wait to see how far they let him go. I wonder, is it too, like, inside? Is it too... Like, the national audience probably wouldn't appreciate it if you had Jason out there, like, doing some mummers you know, in a mummer's costume doing some rant, right? Right. Or did that did that go national enough that you could pull that off on 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 a show like that? Or is that too too Philadelphia centric, I guess? I think it's too Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, I think for that one moment in time it generated a lot of interest in terms of people. Even I had I had friends ask me, Dion, what's a mummer? 
What's he, what's he doing? Is that is he dressed up like Sinbad? By the way, good luck explaining it. You know what a mother is. I know. Is, is he a genie? I got all these comments. He got a a, genie. Is he dressed up like a genie? What what is this? Say this right now, dude. Is in the a mummer? What's a mummer? You know, I think for that moment in time, it was it was it was great in terms of getting people yeah. a bit of a perspective about Philadelphia. But I don't know if it'll play over well in that format. I got you. Well, well, looking at it, man. When he wore the mummers, just him being in the mummers costume was just all that. You know what I'm saying? That would that would have been, you know, great for us here in Philadelphia anyway. Yeah. But then with the speech, I mean, that just like told it took it totally over the top. You know, it took it totally over the I'm sitting there, I was freezing my off. Yeah. Oh, it was freezing out there. We're sitting there doing a live, and all of a sudden, bam, he gets on stage and just lets loose. Yeah, it was wild, wasn't it? It, oh, was. it was amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. All right. See, I wasn't I wasn't freezing because I was moving around. It was 35 degrees out sunny. You guys were sitting up on that that po- that platform. Yeah. Wind man. hitting you. You had nowhere to go, man. I was... Nowhere. It was smacking us too. And I was like, oh my goodness. Hell I, I, I every time I could run to, they had this tent set up on the side. Every time I could run to the to tent, I was running to the tent. You know, guys like Ray was like, I, I don't want to move. I'm just gonna stay right here. I was like, <laughs> So be it, bro. I'm, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were sitting there. I was coming. I came on after you guys did. We were in the studio. We were nice and cozy and warm in the studio. Uh, but it was like, oh my god, is this really happening? You know. And there, everybody's worried about the dump button and you know trying to if he cursed and all this other stuff. It was uh, mm. it was a free for all. Uh, all right, I, let's take a look at teams heading into 2022 that are are on the cusp are good in some cases playoff teams in some cases you know had a good run in the playoffs but there's just that sort of one question mark looming you're not really sure okay mm-hmm. uh let's start with Miami we, we just talked about it you know I know they're saying now two has been cleared and all that but it almost feels like he's in that mode of anytime something happens he's just so vulnerable to it again any any type of hit that he's going to be out so can you dig in and take them seriously, even though they have Tyreek Hill and Waddle and, and, and a lot of talent on that team in general? Can you really get behind them going into next season? I don't know if I could, man, because I'm, I'm looking at Tua. I don't think he's really all the way bought in yet. Hmm. I mean, you can't be all the way bought in when you have, you know, that many concussions. When he had three concussions. No, it's four. He had four concussions over a season. I had six diagnosed concussions, and I ain't all the way right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I know he's got. Amen. <laughs> I threw it up. I was just waiting for you. Yeah, to right. You like it. <laughs> I just knocked that baby out the park. But yeah, I mean, if they, well, I mean, do you go into this season looking for a quarterback? Because right now, uh, Skylar Thompson, K State's own Skylar Thompson, is the backup quarterback. Can you trust Tua? I mean, he's a little dude, anyways. Can you trust him to be healthy enough to, to take this team to another level? I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can, you know. So should you be looking for another quarterback? I would. would. I would look for it's hard as we just mentioned, it's hard to find quality backups, but I right, would. Right, right. Um, you guys heard me on record a number of times saying I was not a big Tua fan before the season started. And I thought that offense would function much better under Teddy Bridgewater. But as I watched the season unfold and watched Tua run that offense, when he was healthy, the dude can deal. He can flat out deal. 
the problem is, which is a big if, can he stay healthy? When you've had two, three impactful concussions like that, to the point the team shuts you down for the rest of the season and not just a couple of weeks, tells me there's a little bit more than just your standard concussions going on that, that really was a red flag to them. Now he has the entire offseason. Are they going to try to redesign a different kind of helmet for him, put different kind of padding in his helmets to get him through this? If he, if, and again, big if, if he can stay healthy, Miami is another one of those teams that's going to be there going chest to chest with Buffalo and the Jets. The but that's if. Good. Yeah, the defense was good. They spent money on the offense. I mean, you got Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle to throw to. I just throw up a 50 50 ball, let, let, let them come down under, and they're gone. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but, but it's such a big if, if he can stay healthy. If he stays healthy, Miami is going to be heck to deal with in, in 23. All right, let me throw another team at you here. Um, the 49ers, you know, we know how far they got. We know they went to the NFC Championship game. But they have a situation where it's going to be Brock Purdy, essentially, most likely, and Trey Lance battling it out. Neither guy, by the way, may be healthy to start camp. It's going to be close. Right, um, right. Tons of talent on defense. They got McCaffrey for a full season. They have Debo. They have Kittle. Ayuk. You know, there's Ayuk. a lot of – a lot of talent there. Um, but Trey Lance has played very little football in his life. And Purdy was a nice story. But can he do it for a full 17? And he's coming off elbow surgery. I don't know. It's a big that's, one. That's huge. Defensively, they're still going to be good. You know, I mean, just look at it. You know, when I look at their roster, their defense is going to be good. Offensively, they're – they have a lot of quality players, man. But when you look at it, man, are they gonna sign McVitie back? I mean, I wouldn't, but I mean, they might sign there's, him back. You know? There's your boy. Yeah, you know, he's a free agent this year. Uh, their starting center's a free agent this year. Um, they got a, uh, they got some guys that got to sign back. I don't know. I mean, their secondary is gonna be in, be um. You know, they got like two or three guys in the secondary. They got to sign back. I don't know if they're going to be able to bring these guys back. Mm-hmm. The starting uh, starting linebacker, was it Al Shazier? Al Shazier? Yeah. He's a free agent also. Offensively, they look good. I mean, they look real good. All their weapons are back. All their weapons are back. Damn, all of them are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of pissed off all of them are. But, yeah, I mean, they're still going to be a good team. But who's going to be running the rank? Who's going to be, who's going to be able to run that offense? That's one thing about – the offense that that they run with with their head coach. I mean, he just he doesn't believe in having a big impact quarterback because he feels his system will, you know, do away with all that. Right. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can go by and, and have an offense like that. You don't. You don't know. You don't have the guys to really take you over the top. Mm-hmm. It may work during the preseason. It may work during a regular season. When playoffs come, you need that quarterback to take you over the top and he feels his system can take you over the top and it's shown this is this is twice that it's it's not happened no three times it has not happened they don't have it you got to have a good quarterback to get you over the top gotcha all right let me hit you with the hit the ravens the ravens bring in a new offensive coordinator they um they still haven't signed lamar they had they've had you know it's, it's really been kind of a struggle the last couple of years for john harbaugh and i don't I'm not saying he's on a hot seat, but it might be getting a little bit warm. It might be getting to the point where it's just he's been there forever, and sometimes you need a, a new voice. Um, think about the Ravens. Ravens need, first of all, they need to upgrade the wide receivers. 
first and foremost. Um, health has been a big factor with that team for the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, across the board on both sides of the ball. That's they have the talent. They they do have the talent in fold, but it's that team has been decimated by injuries over the last couple of years. Um, I still believe Lamar Jackson is going to be there. He is a huge X factor for that team. Um, I think he's getting to a point in his career, his life, especially age, when he's going to have to back off a little bit with all that running because the last two seasons he's been nicked up. And as we know with these running quarterbacks, you do it more and more, you play less and less. And especially if I'm the Ravens organization and I'm about to give you a boatload of money, um, I want to protect my investment a little bit better, which means we may have to change the structure of the offense just a little bit more. Um, if if Lamar's back, Ravens are in a great place. They're, they're going to be another one of those teams that are going to be talked about the conversation of who's going to win it all in the AFC next year if they can keep Lamar upright and breathing. Oh, I mean, there's no question that um, they'll be able to compete in that division because that division is a weak division anyways. Um They'll be able to compete with Cincinnati because their defense, man, them bringing in, you know, all the players they have on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't know who they have coming back next. That's the big thing. Who are yeah. the free agents? But, yeah. I mean, with the guys they have there right now, oh, my goodness. You know, they are definitely a a, a better team than, you know, with, with their starting quarterback. I mean, Lamar, if they can get Lamar back, they'll be great because – I mean, they're only they're only missing two guys. Well, yeah, they got Marcus Peters is one guy they're gonna they got to sign back, mm-hmm. and um, they extended Roquan. That's already done. Yeah, he's done. That's a, he got like a hundred million. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then Jason Pierre Paul. Do they keep him and Justin Houston? Both of those guys. Yeah. They're how about how about Stephen Means still hanging around, man? Right. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what they end up doing here? Uh, that's for sure. All right, Cleveland. You know, this was a team that looked like you had a ton of potential. Uh, At that point, it was still Baker Mayfield. They had a good defense. Stefanski did a really nice job. You remember they beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs, you know, the whole thing. And then things changed, you know, in a big way. And and a lot of it had to do with Sean Watson. They sign him. They give him the big deal. He misses 11 games last year. They never really could get it on track uh, in general. And they, I think they fired either both coordinators or one of the coordinators, a bunch of coaching changes, but Stefanski's still there. You're thinking about Cleveland here. I think Cleveland is really, really, really good. Okay. They they still can run the ball. Um, Kareem Hunt is out of there, so they won't have that run-two punch. But, hell, all you need is Nick Chubb. Yeah. Nick Chubb there. They're going to be really good. David uh, Njoku, mm-hmm. really good tight end. Tight end, yeah. Um, Amari Cooper, they got some weapons on the outside. Right, man. Look at that. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They got some really, really good players. This this team is going to be really good next year, and all um all Deshaun has to do is get better. Um, he won't be as rusty as he was, and that's good for him defensively. Only player they're really losing that's worth their salt is um probably Jatavian Clowney. He ain't even worth his salt. Yeah, uh, that's all. He's not going to be back. That so he won't be. Right. He's not. He's gone. He's gone from there. So, yeah, you know, they got everybody else back, man. I mean, the, Anthony Walker was an average linebacker. But you believe that Watson will bounce back? I do. I do I believe too. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to get all the rust out of him. He's going to put – hopefully he doesn't go any more massages. You know, he chills out. You know, so that's – he just needs – just walk straight, man. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't need a massage. Just don't, don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Don't all right, do let, it. let's go to Denver now. 
Let's go to Denver here, Gunner. <laughs> Sean Payton in place. Russell Wilson, after they fired Hackett, played pretty decently the last couple of games without him. Yep. Defense is nasty. For most of the year, they were the number one defense in terms of points allowed. Uh, unfortunately, the offense was scoring the fewest points per game. There's there's a lot in structure. There's a lot in place there, you know, for, with that place. Um, I, I think Denver bounces back. I think Peyton gets gets Russell Wilson right. I agree. Sean Payton's offensive structure, leadership structure, and I think he's already laid down a gauntlet when he told Russell, your quarterback guru is not coming in here. You know, this is me and you. You know, so he's already established his authority, all right? Their defense was nasty. They had a rugged defense, fast defense. They have talent on defense. I, I, if they if they stay if they can stay healthy, and, you know, the thing is the receivers are always nicked up. They never, never every game it was always minus one receiver. You know, when you got a trio of receivers like that, you want them on the field. If they, if they can keep these guys on the field. I think they will have a winning record. Yes, I think they will be better competition for Kansas City with Sean Payton at the helm. I don't know. I'm not saying they can overtake Kansas City, but I think they will be much better competition for Kansas City. And if they can keep those doggone receivers on the field, man, they're going to do some damage under Sean Payton. Only thing is, man, I don't know if they're going to be able to play defense anymore. Alex Singleton is going to, they don't know if they're going to sign back Alex Singleton. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, you what, you, the dude's a tackling machine. It doesn't matter, but he, he tackles everywhere. But, I, you know, no, realistically, they should be really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, really good. I can see them. I can see Russell getting back. Yeah. Sean is just such a great play caller, man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he got the weapons. Cortland Sutton. Come on, man. J- uh, Jerry uh, Judy. Yeah. Uh, ha- what's his name? Uh, uh, Hamler. Uh, yep. KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler. Yeah. yeah. They, got some, they, got they got it all, bro. They got it yeah. all. Yep. You know, running and, backs, they got everything. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, they'll be good. They'll definitely be good, bro. They'll definitely be good. Gunner, I'll ask you this one quickly, and then I want to move on to Detroit. But how about Green Bay? This just feels like it's going the wrong way there. Well, I, I don't know if the, if the wrong way is the right terminology. I think it's a way that it needs to go. If you follow the history of Green Bay, then it's that time. You know, they've only had three, two quarterbacks since 1993. That's unheard of. Jeez. When you think about most franchises like Cleveland, they've had 29 or 30 in that time frame. Green Bay's had two primary quarterbacks, both have have been and will be Hall of Famers. So they went out and drafted another quarterback, sat him on the bench like they did Rodgers. It's his time now. Will Green Bay have to step back to move ahead? Probably. But I like the young receivers they have in place with uh, uh, Christian Watson um, and the other kid. They've got speed, something they haven't had in quite some time at wide receiver speed. It's true. Uh, it's Jordan Love's time. Jordan Love's time now. Um, and we need to find out. Can LaFleur coach without Aaron Rodgers at the helm? Mm-hmm. It's time to find that out. Um, defensively, I'm not happy to keep in Joe Barry as a defensive coordinator with that team, but they've already announced that they're keeping Joe Barry. Uh, I like the back end of their defense. I don't I don't necessarily like the trenches of their defense. But they're, I think they're going to take a step back. And when I say that, they could have another they, – they finished 8-9 and nine last year. They could finish 9-8 and eight this year and not make the playoffs. But if they finish nine and eight and Jordan Love is moving in the right direction, um, then they've made the, the right decision. You know, people were up in arms when they let Favre go to Minnesota. People were up in arms. It's true. And it took you know, and he beat and he beat Green Bay twice his first year at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this dude named Aaron Rodgers comes from out of nowhere the next year, and all of a sudden he's like the wonder kid mm-hmm. in the NFL. 
Jordan loves <laughs> Jordan loves time is due. So okay. well, they have to re up him before he even plays. They got to re up him. Well, he's, <laughs> this is his, this is the last this upcoming year is the last year of his rookie deal. Yep. So this this is be the proven year. So they they buy one more year. If they get rid of Aaron Rodgers and get all this 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 uh, draft capital, they buy one more year. Of, of Jordan Love being on that rookie deal, they're going to have to pony up after that if he turns out to be what they thought. I mean, he came in here and cleaned up for Aaron Rodgers and looked pretty decent against that Eagles defense, you know. Yeah. So who knows what he can do in the full 17-game season. Well, they need to get to, they need to sign their tight ends because right now um, – uh, Robert Tanya. He right now, he's a free agent right now. Yep. And um, Alan Lazard is a free agent. So yep. I don't really care about Randall Cobb, but Alan Lazard is his go-to. So – yeah. Yep. I got to sign him back. All right. Uh, I want to throw it to Troy to you guys. Um, and they were a team that got really close. Um, they just missed out on the playoffs, but became a team that was really good offensively, that has some real pieces, young pieces on defense that can play. They look like they're poised for the for the next real climb yes. this upcoming season. What do you guys think? They're going to be really good. Uh, they got signed back DJ, uh, DJ Chark. But other than that, mm-hmm. they're they're good, man. They'd be good. Uh, Andre Swift, he'll be playing for a contract, so you know he's gonna be putting pick him up and putting him down. He's gonna have a, one of those proven type of years because he wants a new contract. Um, you know, Dan's my guy, Dan the man Campbell. He I mean great leader of men, get those guys fired up. And it used to be that Detroit was like a a, a, a graveyard, man. Yeah, it was you a way away station. It was yeah, just yeah. you know, you just go there, you know. I spent two years there, man. Loved it, man. We were pretty good, man. But yeah, I, I just didn't think that they uh, – at that point, I didn't think they were serious about, you know, really investing the quarterback. Well, now they invest in the quarterback. They got Jared Goff. Um, they got a really, really good offensive line. You know, Penny Sewell, uh, Ragnow, Tyler Decker, you know, three three really, really good players. Mm-hmm. Big V still hanging, hanging in there too. Yeah, yeah. But they're also they built well in the trenches, and it, you know, and that's what that's what I love. You know, what I'm saying they built well in the trenches. You know, Hudsonson is really, really good. Neil McNeil is is, is really good, also. So they they got the they got a good mix of offense, and they can play defense. They need to get better at the cornerback position, but you know, they'll, they'll be good. They'll be okay. They got to tighten up the back end of the defense. They need a little yeah. bit better personnel on the back end, but um, the the D line trenches, the linebackers are okay. Mm-hmm. They might yeah. they might need an improvement at linebacker, but definitely in the pass coverage they got to shore it up because that cost them a lot of games. The dudes on the back end inability to cover in big big moment situations cost them. Yeah. But Detroit's that team. You know, people started talking about Detroit midway of the season about hey watch out for Detroit. They're going to be talking about Detroit all summer long into the kickoff of the new season. Watch yeah. out for Detroit making noise in the NFC. Yeah, you're right. And they are not sneaking up on anybody, but I agree with you. They're going to make a lot of noise. Yeah, everybody I, thought we suck. We suck because we just barely beat them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Great point. Uh, all right, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. Final segment. We'll do birthdays. We'll do movies. Hey, you got any questions for us, chat folks? Uh, throw a question mark in front of the question that you want to ask us, and we'll take as many of the best ones as we get. All right, we'll do that when we come back. That's Derek. That's Barrett. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Yes, we are. Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, final segment of the program. Uh, Cole Hamels, guys, signs a one-year deal that could make him up to $2 million with his hometown team, the Padres. He's 39 years old. It's been a you know rough go. He's been hurt a lot the last couple of years. He's trying to still hang on. Uh, of course, it was the uh, NLCS and World Series MVP in 2008 when the Phillies won the world series, it's been a minute. Um, but Cole trying to still trying to do his thing, man. Still hanging around. Why? Why? I, I don't know. Love why? of the game. I don't know why. Let it go. Go into coaching, be a pitching coach. Yeah. Let it go. Cole. You don't need the yeah. money. Let it go. I hear you. Uh, Chris has a question. We've had uh, Amy Mark on for the Sixer insights. So we have connections to Kate and Allah. They seem the perfect commentators. For our Sixers, we're always open to anybody, uh, you know, uh, from a guest perspective uh, who brings insights. And yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll all right, I'm on it. I'm on it. Barrett, uh, Barrett's folks. They're Barrett's I'm on it. Yeah, I'm on it. So I'll, uh, I'll, 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 time. I'll okay. see him next week. I'll see him next week. So I'll, I'll put a bug in here. OK, I like it. Yeah. Sixers all star break. Um, we don't know yet if a bead's going to play. He mentioned the other day that his you know his foot's been bothering him his doctor's been telling him to shut it down so we don't know where <laughs> what his status is you know you know as of right now um john dickerson has a question rob 
Yes, John. Uh, any truth to the rumor that D-Gun is trying to start a San Diego version of Sports Day? Well, here's the beauty, John. I mean, he could actually do it from San Diego. Not like he has to be in, in Delaware. This is true. Uh, John, I don't know where you got your information from, but kudos <laughs> to you. Um, I have not even thought about that aspect of it, but since you have now put it in my brain, um, it is something that I, I will seriously consider and ponder in the immediate future. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. You'd have to be up early. The show would start what? at nine. What? What? Oh, that's no problem. <laughs> you know why? Because when you guys are done at three, I'm done at noon. I still got my whole day in front of me. That is very you know? true. What is that supposed to mean, bro? What, is what that it would mean, mean, Mr. Brooks, is this. One day I will be sitting on Mission Beach uh, talking to you. The next day I might be in Mission Valley uh, talking to you. Next day I might be in La Jolla talking to you. Uh, the next day I might be in um, the Gaslamp District at a Mexican restaurant talking to you. I might be the Embarcadero another day after that uh, from one of the seafood spots talking to you. That's what it means, Mr. Brooks. Would I not be invited there also? Mr. Brooks, you would be invited to uh, visit the city of San Diego. Okay. Appreciate it. You didn't it. catch that one, Rob. I said visit no, the city. I didn't say visit me. You didn't say visit. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed at the gun compound. Oh, my God. That's terrible, hey, Brooks, man. That's you're terrible, always man. welcome. You and Rob are always welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it. And he says that as he slams the door in my face. Yeah, right. And what are you doing here? What are you doing I here? Slammed door before. Did, I slammed the door before. Did you find a way to get in or not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. That didn't work. That didn't, that didn't work. So. <laughs> um, Flyers lost last night to Seattle. The Kraken, uh, they, got, they got smoked pretty good. Flyers at this point. It, it's tough to even, you know, still be locked in on this, but they're 22, 24, and 10 through 56 games. Uh, they got 54 points to put in perspective. The leader in their division, the Metropolitan, they have 80 points. So they're kind of sinking here, uh, mm -hmm. are the Flyers. But I still uh, can't get over the fact that there's a professional team called the Kraken. Anytime I hear the word Kraken, there's always one from one of those uh, old movies, release the Kraken. You yes, know, yes, this yes. mythical beast comes up out of the ocean. Yep. You know, and it just just demolishes a community. The Kraken. I want to know yeah. well, how did they come up with that name anyway? I guess yeah, I guess it's a Seattle thing. I don't know. I mean, I if, if I'm, their uniforms are pretty cool actually. I I do like the logo and what they have going. You know, you know, we'll see. Um, I mentioned this earlier when we had Ben Davis on, but Manny Machado plans to opt out of his contract after this year. He has the option. If you remember, he signed the same year Bryce Harper signed. He signed a 10-year, $300 million deal with the Padres in, in February of 19. Uh, it gave him the right to terminate the deal after the season. Uh, he'll be 31 in July. He uh, he would forfeit $150 guaranteed million on the deal, which calls for a $30 million annual salary through 2028. So that's what he would be walking away from. He wants to get that, you know, Aaron Judge, three hundred and sixty million, nine years. Mike Trout, you know, uh -huh. he's, he's looking to put himself in that orbit because he's still young enough to be able to do it. You know, it, it sounds crazy to the to the layman to step away for one hundred fifty million guaranteed, but he's going to get more than that on the open market. That's exactly, way more. exactly way right. More. That's what I'm thinking. You know what? Smart move on his camp's part because he's going to make every bit of that back and then some. Yeah, be teams camped at the door trying to get him. But that's the interesting thing, you know, with again, with Harper's contract, he didn't want an out clause. 
uh, didn't want the no trade. You know, he's locked in and he, his deal was 13 yeah. years as opposed to 10, but he's, he's here. And, and it's, you know, the, the, the AAV, as they say, the, the, what he's making per year is not that bad. Uh, you know, all things considered relatively you, speaking, you're right. You're right. You know, and he's played well and they've had a lot of success and he's really connected with the fan base since he's gotten here. So it's been a win, you know, in a lot of ways, that's for sure. Uh, for the Phillies organization. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where things are. It's a, it's a weird, we're in a weird little stretch now that football's over and there's no basketball. At least the Sixers don't play until Thursday, I believe. Yeah. Thursday of next week. Uh, will you guys watch the all-star game and everything that that's involved, the dunk contest, you know, they're pulling guys out of the G league, the dunk, uh, the dunk contest and the three point competition and all the other festivities. We guys no. watch. No. I watched the three point contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ain't the same, dude. You know, it used to be names like Larry Bird and all this. I mean, it, now it's like I'm not interested. I'm just, you know, Steph Curry if he competes. Isn't Steph Curry injured right now? So I don't yeah. even know if he, he's competing. So. He's not. He's banged up. Okay, outside of Steph Curry, there's nobody I really want to see because we know Steph Curry is automatic from beyond the arc. I just love seeing that dude shoot for perfect form, everything. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot I want to see. I'll wa- you know what I'll watch it. I the, what I've really gotten tired of is the dunk contest. It's like it's almost like there there and it's really not even anybody's fault. There's just not much else you could even do. There's no, I mean, there's no, no other dunks you can do. I mean, you, no, I mean they, they've you're, done you're everything under the sun. Yeah, yeah, you're recycling dunks now, unless you're jumping from the rafters. You know, like Evil Knievel type dunk, something like that. Yeah. I don't want to see it. You can't. You know, after watching Dominique Wilkins and all these dudes, man. Yeah, what else can you show me? Yeah. Yeah. That's the challenge. I'll probably watch some of the game. You know, they, they've done this, 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 the way they've changed things up with the scoring, uh, the game. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's a little bit different. It's a little more incentivized to play ba- uh, defense, especially at the end of the game um, for sure. But that, that'll be interesting. Uh, but I, I'm not locked into it. You know, it's kind of like wallpaper. It's just background noise. You, you're gonna watch. Uh, you're gonna watch like a 155 to 153. <laughs> well, maybe I'll watch the fourth quarter and see if they're actually trying at that point. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't sit there for two hours doing like this. I know. So I that might you. be the, that might be the only, the only thing that you want to see, man. Just the that's worse than the than the. Uh, no, it's not worse than the, the Pro Bowl. It's not. It's not worse than the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl no. is number one. It's a, I was going to try to compare it. Alone. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's, Pro Bowl is, is not even close. It stands I mean, I can, alone. I can, yeah. You know, it's like at least it, at least it looked like they're out there playing pickup basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like you go yeah. to the gym, you want to pick up basketball. That There's no way. They don't even look like flag football with the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I hear you. All right, let's do some birthdays now. Uh mentioned this yesterday. He donated $10 million to make a wish. Uh, which was an unbelievable gesture, but Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan is 60, man. MJ is 60 today. Mm. Crazy, crazy thing. The goat. Came out in 84 out of North Carolina, and the uh, the rest is history, but Michael Jordan is 60. How about Michael Jordan and Jim Brown being born on the same day? Jim Brown's 87. Is that, <laughs> is that crazy or what? Man. Is that Jim crazy Brown's still kicking. Still kicking. Wow. I'm still waiting Which, to see if Jim Brown comes out in another movie. Isn't that crazy? Though? Like, and I'm glad he is still around. But to be 87 in the era that he played in, the way that they got beat up, and and I don't yes. even play super long. He stepped away relatively at a relatively young age, but still, that's hard to believe, man. That 
he's still around. You got to yeah. be hard nosed to, to be born on on this day. I'm not even gonna lie because I mean I I, I don't want to jump in front of you, but Buddy Ryan and Dennis Green both today. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a there's a lot of a lot of who's who's on this side. Yeah. On Buddy this Ryan day. and Dennis Green. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that is crazy. Uh, Ed Sheeran also uh, birthday today. He's 32. Uh, Great musician. Yeah. If you if you uh, get a chance, you should get Ed Sheeran's number six collaborations project. As, as talented as he is, that whole album is unbelievable, man. Yeah. I love Ed Sheeran. I always like, and Jamie Foxx tells a story about how he heard Ed Sheeran and somebody brought, had him over at his house or something. He had, he, he stayed somebody, with him. He stayed with sleep him. sleep on his man, couch. You need, this dude. Yeah, you need to sign this dude. Yeah. And look at Ed Sheeran. I love his You know, here's the music. It, it, it caters to everybody. It's a little yes. bit everything. You know, he's got rappers on his albums. He's got, got you know, ballads. On, I mean, the dude is just so talented, man. He's crazy talented. He's prolific too. He he cranks a lot of good stuff oh out. Oh my too. goodness! Yeah, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the actor, is forty-two today. Uh, There's Joe another Armstrong, one, Rob. Green There's Day. another yeah. one, Rob. Great actor. You you wouldn't know his name until you saw it on the credits. I agree. He's in a lot of stuff. And yeah. You're like, oh, that's him. Okay, that's that guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's he was a child actor. He's Dark, been around a long time. Dark Knight's Ride uh, Rises. Loop the Looper. It was yeah, Looper was. He's really good. I love watching him act. Yeah. Matter of uh, fact, he's in those Sin City movies, also. He is. Who's he, does, he, he does. A, he does. A, he's. A, he's a. Uh, he's got a wide range. Uh, I would yes. say Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah, Joseph yeah, yeah. Gordon-Levitt. Yep. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day is fifty-one today. Um, mm. Paris Hilton is forty-two today. Rob. Renee Russo, actress, sixty-nine. Rob. Yes. Rob. Paris, Paris Hill. Not a big fan, Derek. There you what? go. That's what I thought you were going to no, say. No, never go. was. Never. No. Nope. Too skinny, man. It's just, too, I don't know, man. Didn't, didn't ever do it for me. I, I Not a fan. No. The, the was, fact that her claim to fame has been, was a videotape that was leaked decades I, ago. I, is like That's, that's my thing. Like I, her and Kardashian, that's how they get famous. Yeah. Like, come on, yes. man. So, but anyway, not, not my cup of tea, Paris Hill. Uh, Renee Russo has been a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. Major League, a bunch of other stuff. She's uh, 69 today. Larry the Cable Guy, the uh, comedian, is 60 today. Love him, yeah. love him. Funny, funny dude, man. Yep. Uh, Michael Bay, the director, who's done tons of stuff, man. Oh it's man, everything we get, unbelievable. Yeah, the island. Oh my Pearl goodness, Harbor, Bad Transformers. Boy. He did one of my favorite movies on Netflix, also Six Underground, the one I've been telling you guys about. Oh, I gotta check yeah, that yeah, out. You see yeah, the movie, yeah. the Chase movie, Six Underground. He did that one also. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. He, Bad Boys one, movies. Man. He's yeah. always putting stuff out. Yeah. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, the actor, is sixty-one. Okay. Yeah, Lou Diamond, sixty-one today. Uh, Denise Richards, uh, the actress, I guess she's an actress, is fifty-two today. Strong. She was. Yeah, that one's strong. That, there you go. There you what, go. Was the, what was the one uh, wild thing? That was you know. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Ritter, who was John Ritter's son, he's an actor, he's 43 today. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, uh, sadly passed away this, this, uh, about a year ago, uh, from Foo Fighters. He's the drummer, he was born this day, 1972. Hal Holbrook, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, yes, a good, no, he was talented, he was crazy talented. Uh, Hal Holbrook, the actor, uh, was born on this day, 1925. Jerry O'Connell, actor, talk show host. Uh, he was in uh, one of our favorites, uh, Stand By Me. He was the, the chubby kid. He, he, was, uh, That's right. he was in that. He is 49 years old. He was in old. Jerry Maguire also. 
He was. He was. He played yep. the, uh, the the hot shot quarterback yes. prospect, yep. Jerry Maguire. Uh, he's forty nine today, and uh, that's all I got. Birthdays. What do you guys have? Ooh, lots of birthdays. You know. All right, you got a bunch. Case Keenum, quarterback, yep. thirty five. Okay, still hanging around. Um, yep. Dominic Purcell, who who played in Blade Trinity and Prison Break. Yes, um, fifty three. Blade Trinity was was great. That was good. That was a great movie. Yeah, well, uh, Ralphie made a comedian. This oh, this yeah. dude was hilarious. He was funny. He died at such a young age. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Richard Richard Card, who was in Home Improvement, the sitcom. Oh yeah, he was out. Um, he it wasn't he out? Yep. His he helper. Was, yeah. Yes. His uh, his assistant. Yeah. Uh, Marianne Mobley uh, was seventy seven when she passed away. Uh, Sony Michelle. Running back, who's a free agent right now? Eagles, hint, hint. Sony Michelle is twenty-eight. Okay. How about this one, Robbie? Luke Robitaille, fifty-seven. Oh man, he was a stud. That dude could flat out play. Are you yep. kidding me? Yep. Uh, okay. Al Harrington, forty-two, former NBA player. Name right to from high school. Yep. yep. Does this game? Does this name ring about Rowdy Gaines? Remember that name? So the Olympic uh, swimmer. swimmer. Yep. Three yeah. gold medal swimmer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's uh, an Red, analyst. He's- now. Yes, yeah. he's 64. Red yep. Barber, one of the greatest voices behind the mic, Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he uh, he passed away in 1992. Uh, let's see here. Rick Majerus, one of my favorite coaches oh, of all time. Yeah. Yeah, Rick yeah. Majerus. Uh, I covered Rick Majerus. Was he, he was at Marquette, head coach. He was an assistant under Al McGuire for years. Then he got the head coaching job for three seasons, and he was the one that gave, uh, he was the one that gave Glenn Rivers the nickname Doc. Okay. Oh, get out of here. Yep, Rick Majerus. Yep. He's also he's also there. St. Louis. He's with the St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, that was his last stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He had he took Utah to a sixty-four. Yeah, he took Utah to a NCAA championship. They didn't win it, but he got to the game. Yeah. With what's his name? Van Horn and Andre Miller. Yep. That group. And and former college coach Ron Meyer. Uh, who was the coach of SMU when he had the Pony Express? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Craig James and Eric Dickerson. Back yep, in those that's days. Right. Yep. You guys got right. any more? I got go um, ahead, go ahead, That's it. What do you got? Buster Olney. Oh, yeah. Oh, ESPN. ESPN columns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your boy, your favorite, the man you guys love and want to bring him back next year, Brett Kern turned 37 today. Nope. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> your retirement, man. Brian Cox, yeah, from some from uh from uh he, he actually Dolphins. from East St. Louis, but yeah. he's from the Dolphins. Yeah, he's uh he's fifty four today, yep. and then um uh was it um Shante Moore fifty six Shante okay. Moore okay uh all right movies not a ton but a few 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 good ones Footloose came out uh this day nineteen eighty four Kevin Bacon. That, that's that's a great that's a great mom. did you ever he no, tells a funny the original story, so whenever he goes to weddings yeah <laughs> oh yeah you hear this story <laughs> yeah. so the, the, all of a sudden like if he's if he's out there dancing the dj thinks it's funny he starts playing footloose and kevin bacon's like here we go and then everybody forms like a circle around him and he has to do all the footloose moves so what he started doing was as soon as he gets to a, to the reception he tips the dj 50 bucks and says do not play Footloose. Are we on the same page? <laughs> All right. Pretty funny. 
Um, so that's Kevin Bacon. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The original eight came out in 89 on this day. Uh, the Brady Bunch movie, which was uh, came out this day, 1995. Uh, that's, what else do I have? That's it. That's it. I, what do you guys have uh, movies? Because we're up against it a little bit. You got any other that's stuff? all I got. That's all I got, bro. That's it. Barrett. Right. Good to go, bro. Hey, you never right. told us, man. What are you going to be doing this weekend? You never. You I have, never told I us have a father-daughter dance tonight with my with my lovely senior nice. in high school tonight. So we're. we're I cannot nice. believe it. You're taking a day off. This is this is well tonight. Yeah, yeah. Back at it tomorrow. Surgery. But it's all it's going to be fine. <laughs> please, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Please don't embarrass that lovely young lady and do yes, the gritty. Yeah. Let her can let her eat whatever she wants. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, so let her eat whatever she wants, Rob. So don't do the gritty. Don't arm strong. Oh, don't God. strong arm her in terms of what you can eat. Don't worry. I won't be doing the gritty. That, that put that pizza character. down. Yeah, exactly. Leave that Chinese food alone. No. Oh, something's so, wrong yeah. with you guys, man. That's going to be fun. Don't do the gritty. Yeah. She'll be, she'll be bossing me around, but it'll be fun. You'll be looking uh, like Catwoman over there. Oh, God. I, yeah, I, I will embarrass her. You'll be doing this, man. I, yeah. <laughs> if I do do anything like that, I'll make sure that we have, we have, it, we have it videotaped and we'll, we'll, we'll send it. We'll use it on the show. It'll be content. <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right. You guys be good. And we're back at it same time on Monday. I want to thank Xander. I want to thank everybody in the chat section. You guys are the best. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. Thank you. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. We're back at it Monday at the same time. Don't go anywhere. We have three hours of power with Dan Cilio and the National Football Show for D Gun B Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. Everybody, have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday, same time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
you made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.